What up, OGs? Welcome back to another episode of the OG Sessions podcast. Man, episode 80 going down right now. Yes, sir. Let's go. Man, I'm here with the boy Joey Allen. How are you feeling, buddy? I feel good. Dude, I'm the, happy, the happy to be back. Dude, I'm, I'm so... It feels really good. It's like a relief to finally have the new studio up and running. I know. I feel like all these... It was quite a few weeks. We were just... Every week, I'm like, we need to start. We need to record an episode. We got to get this thing going. A hundred percent, bro. And it's, I will say, there's a couple of updates we need to give the people before we start this new episode. Mm So, um, obviously, as you can tell, we're in the new studio. You know, it looks beautiful. Obviously, everyone that's seen on social media. Is it really comfy? It is pretty comfortable. Yeah, I've sat on it a couple of times, but I feel like for a long period of time, it would be a pretty ideal couch to have. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I will say, though, is there's a lot of, a lot of updates to the studio that are going to make hopefully um, the podcasting experience for like the listener um, just a little bit better, bro. You know, like I, we wanted to uh, enhance the room, enhance the studio so that the audio quality would be a little bit better um, so that it'd be a little bit more of like an intimate setting so that whenever our guest shows up, it's like, it's not like we're sitting on two desk tables and a couple swivel chairs, you right. know, obviously me and you still have that set up because that's kind of like where we're most comfortable because we're doing it every single week. But when the guest comes over, it's nice to have the chair. It's nice to have them it's like, more homey over here. A hundred percent, bro. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I will say a lot of our listeners should know this by now, but me and you are kind of perfectionist when it comes to this like we will not like we had so many blueprints for the studio of what we wanted to do but like we couldn't even really decide on them before like this is back when we were episode like 72 when we knew we were going to be getting a new studio eventually Mm -hmm. and we had so many plans we wanted to do we couldn't ever settle on one because it was like some things like money was a factor and then other things space Space, was a factor that's a big thing um but now we're finally in this like huge space you know what i mean we've got the studio all set up the exact way we want it um and yeah man i can't wait to have some of these guests come back and like check out the difference in studio oh they're gonna just, love it yeah it's a lot more comfortable how do you feel sitting in the guest spot i'm telling you this i'm can i take this home yeah i would sleep in this it's pretty comfortable <laughs> if you put a pillow right here shoot dude that's funny it, uh, i will say it is it it was a process mm-hmm. um you know there's a few things like obviously the, the fencing material the couple of the plants the oranges like those are some of the things we had in the last studio um but getting like that wall up, you know what I, I mean? I love this wall. I love that wall, this bro. That's so one of my cool. favorite pieces. Obviously, the orange couch is a staple piece. Yeah. Um, the rug took a lot longer than we were expecting for it to come in. Um, we actually got a couple of new pieces of equipment. You can't really tell, but we did upgrade some of the equipment so that the quality is better, so that we're just bringing, you know, we wanted it to be a, a nice upgrade for the people. Mm-hmm. We figured if we're going to take some time off, we want to at least, at um, least come back better, come back stronger, yeah. 100%, bro. And, uh, you know, I think that this studio layout is going to be is going to be kind of our golden our golden layout for a while, man. I think they will be. I think it's going to be our ticket. I, you think? I think it might a little be our ticket? ticket. Oh yeah. shit! What 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 about this studio is kind of your favorite? I just the look of it because a yeah. lot of things it's it's your aesthetic, like the image that you put out. A lot of people, they obviously that's the first thing they see before they start listening to what you say. So like things. That really capture their attention. I think we've already crazy. had people say that they want to come over and just take pictures in the right. studio. Like they just want I want to just take pictures. Yeah. Here. Like it's cool. <laughs> no, it's it's a good vibe. I'm proud of it. Um, we crushed it, man. So, dude, thank you for all your help. Of honestly. course, like, Kevin. dude, we made this shit happen. Yes, it was it was a long time coming, but I'm so proud to be sitting here finally recording an episode in this new studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a couple things that we need to jump into before we, you know, obviously we've been gone for like, you know, five, six while, weeks, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, um, definitely some new things we need to talk about. First, should we jump into win of the week? Yeah, let's Going do win of the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, win of the week, man. Let's go ahead and get this shit popping. <clears throat> so, um, 
Win of the week, episode 80. Start us off, brother. I will go first. My win of the week, if we're in the holiday season, you know, is holiday company Christmas parties. Let's go. If you are fortunate enough to work at a small company, small enough company to have like a big Christmas, because I feel like those big companies, they don't really do them. Like, and nope. if, it, if they do, it's not like, it's like a pizza party on a random work day. Like it's during your lunch break, but no. I work for the, not a small company, but it's smaller. And the Chris, we just had our Christmas company. It was huge. I mean, everybody got a gift. There was great food. It was a great venue. It was just a good time all around. It looked like fun, man. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. And it's cool because, you know, a lot of times when you're at work, it's like you're, you and your coworkers like get along and you're having a fun time, but it's like you're not really in the zone. Like, yeah, you're you're all, it's, a, it's still a work environment. Exactly. But like being in this Christmas company party, like you get to see everybody like letting and loose. And free drinks. Fun. Free drinks. And free, free food. And you know, there's and always, we had a comedian. Oh, no way. Yeah, we got to listen to a comedian for an hour. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, and nice. what, um, did, did you do like a white elephant or like, you know, sometimes companies will do where they Hell give no. out prizes? They had all the gifts. We didn't have to bring anything. Okay, so what did they give out? What were some of the things? Dude, they had 85-inch TVs. There was like 10 TVs that got given out, Disney tickets, Universal tickets. I got this money box. You just pull, kept pulling out money. Had like <laughs> I saw that. A couple hundred dollars in it. That Dude, that's cool. dope, man. That's dope. I'm glad you had a good time, bro. That's yeah. sweet. Um, My win of the week. Mm-hmm. Is that it's a new era for the OG Sessions boys, man. Yes, it is. It is a new fucking era, man, because um, me and you are back on our gym grind. Oh, little little announcement for the people. You know, it's I'm not going to lie. We've been a little out of shape recently because when but for the people that don't know, when, round is a shape. True. <laughs> true. I'm, I'm getting kind of fat. Facts, facts. <laughs> I will say this, bro. Um, You know. When we, before we started doing the podcast and we were just kind of running with a brand and we were doing our own things, whatever, we were young, you know, mm-hmm. we used to work out a lot. Like we were big, especially you, you, every you day. had some sponsors every day. Um, I was an everyday goer too. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, man, I was really into it. Um, and it's crazy to even think about because it's been, it's been almost two years since I've stepped foot in a gym. Like you, it hasn't been that long. Um, it's been months for sure. Yeah. Like almost a year, I'm sure until you, since you've really been in that bitch. Um, but Dude, I mean, I haven't been in the gym in so long. And you can tell it's like, you know, we've been going for, I think it's like 10 days now. It's probably mm-hmm. as long as we've been. And um, it's crazy because, like, you can see my form is off. You can see like, there's some things like where certain muscle groups where it's like in my shoulders, especially. I'm like, oh, I used to be able to really push some weight with this. And now I'm like not there anymore. Yeah. Um, but this is the start of a new era, bro. I'm excited. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing is like exciting is when you first get back into the gym it hurts though oh it hurts hurts. my legs bro are are dying but it's cool whenever you know you get to come home and you're drinking like a protein shake and then you want it's like you want to eat a lot to try to put on that mass and Mm -hmm. try to like turn that fat into into muscle whatever and um and i feel like we've been going consistently enough to where it's turning into like it's bad if we don't go like it feels like it feels like our day is not done if we don't hit the gym first which is like that's where i want to be because then that makes you go every day or go as much as you need to it keeps you motivated too mm-hmm. right like it's you see more growth like for me i'll notice if 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 i'm going to the gym a bunch like i remember back in the day bro when i was going if i miss like you know a couple days like bro two days back to back like i would i'd feel like i don't look as big yeah you, you feel like I mean? you lost everything yeah. you just worked for <laughs> the last three years uh, no we're in this shit though bro yeah, honestly yeah. and uh, we got a really nice gym that we're working out in so honestly everything's been working out it's been going as smooth as possible. I cut the mullet off. You know, big changes. Okay, <laughs> okay. We need to we need to address <laughs> this, bro. I need these people to hop in the comments right now and let us know how are we feeling with Joey Allen with no mullet? Because basically, if we, th- I'm trying to think. You, 
how many episodes did you do on the pod with no mole? I'm, it's got to be. It was only probably like four or five. Yeah, I had a mullet for yeah, a while. So. I know. So, but I, I will say it took some getting used to. Yeah. But I like it a lot more. Thank you. I like No Hat Joey. I think I do too. Because it's you got to do your own and your fucking hair. Like you've got good ass hair. A lot of these people, bro. And you now we all have our hair challenges. You know my fucking hair challenge. Well, I know I got sure. a big ass forehead. Bro, you do have a big ass forehead. It's <laughs> okay, because you're yeah. so smart. It's because you're so smart. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's that, all that overthinking. You know, right, what I'm right, right, right. <laughs> no, but um, I I will say, bro, like it's. It's a switch up. It's something we everyone's got to get used to. But I'll tell you, I think it looks great, man. I, I was going a for a better. big. I was going for like a big reaction from yeah. everybody because I know everybody was used to the mullet, and my beard was getting large. Too. Yeah, like yeah. It was starting. You go caveman bit. style, bro. So you know, I was like, I went to my barber. He was like, Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? I was like, Yes, bro. Cut it off. Clean me up. Yeah. And now I just feel like a new man. Do you miss it at all? Is there any like missing of the mullet? Um. It's funny because, like, I still find myself, like, when I don't know why, but, like, I'll just randomly, like, reach back and grab my hair. But hair. now I do that, and there's nothing there. I'm just like, it's, that's weird because, I, like, I, I expect the hair to be in my hand. Yeah. But there's nothing there. It's just neck. Dude, that's funny, man. Yeah. Well, um, I think it was a cool, it, it was a, it was cool that you had the mullet. Like, now you can say at one point in your life, like, oh, you I got kids, right? You turn kids, like, oh, I had a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> That's Nick's funny. rocking the man bunch. Got the man man bunch. See, it's funny. We kind of traded places. I know. Like, you know, in this last six weeks, my hair really, like, started to get long enough where I could put it up and shit, and then now you're talking. I was like, Nick, grow your hair out with me. Let's yeah. do this together. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. I stayed loyal on my end. Yeah, my shit's gone. <laughs> um, One thing we got to touch on, mm-hmm. and I know we're about to hurt some feelings. Uh, well, shit, you're about to hurt my feelings. Look, you were you you did this to yourself, okay? The OG Sessions Fantasy Football League is officially in the playoffs. Yes. Now it's been a minute since we've touched on this. This will be our third time touching on it. We touched on it when the season first started, and then we touched on it around like week three, I think. And Joey had some choice words for some people in the group around week three. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'll take them all um, back. <laughs> I'm sorry for everything I said. So, do you want to go ahead and explain like what the fuck happened to your team after week one? Um. So what happened was every team that I played after week one had their best game against. Here we me. go. Because Here listen, go. if you look at my points scored, I'm up there. I'm I'm up there, but I happen to be in very last place right now. So. It really didn't go well for me. Yeah, so Joey is in dead last, and he is at risk of holding the Calvin side. Ridley can... Uh, we don't need Calvin Ridley next year. <laughs> I'm tired of him, bro. Like, he is the biggest disappointment on my team. On your fantasy team? On my fantasy team. Shit, on the Jaguars, honestly. There is so much hype behind Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think... He's they, had, like, two but, or but, three standout games. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to hold you. Like, those games where he is going crazy, like, those two or three games, man, it's like he's really making some insane catches but like, if he can do it then why, do, yeah, why isn't he consistent sure. i think i think he he struggles where you know there's the drops thing is a big thing for sure mm-hmm. like he had some drops like he'll make great catches but you'll also have some like pretty detrimental drops yeah. too um calvin I, i'm not gonna sit here and you know ask, want him out of jacksonville quite yet i think yeah. that he's still got a little bit of growing to you gotta remember this dude didn't play football for almost a whole year and i think if they build that relationship him and trevor because right now i feel like they're clashing dude, like they are not really happy. you oh, think yeah. so yeah after after that last game trevor was pissed yeah. after some of those throws for sure but i think do you i, I know trevor's one of those guys where he kind of takes that shit on the chin like that's kind of him bro like he'll take it he'll, oh he was cussing calvin like, really because there was a route he didn't even turn around on like, oh okay i remember that I, yeah, yeah no, no, it was no. like okay. left side of the field that was bad yeah that was bad but 
Besides that, I mean, and was that a pick too? I don't think it ended up being. No, a pick, it wasn't a pick. Or yeah, it was just a shitty. But pick. it should have been. It a looked bad. Ball. Yeah. Um, oh, it was on third down too. I yeah, think it was a detrimental play. Okay, I, I see. Things like that will piss me off about Calvin Ridley, but then he has those plays, bro, where it's like he's double covered or he's locked down on the fucking sideline, and this dude's making like these great mm-hmm. catches. I hear bro. you. Touchdowns wise, I think he's a good red zone threat if you can get the ball to him. Yeah. Um, but no, man, go Jaguars. Look back to fantasy football. I'll tell you straight up. The issue with your team is that you are you're a team that's full of mediocre fucking players and then two legends, bro. I don't even like, have the two legends anymore. I know, but you've traded it out for less mediocre players, which has been good for you. Yeah. Let's be honest. So around like three or four weeks ago, whenever Joey realized that, oh, there really might not be a chance of him ever coming back up in the charts again. After week five, I was okay. already eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I already had the E. It was like, you, you're not going to make it. <laughs> What's funny is I, I noticed that, I mean, I think everyone fucking noticed. It's like your team would put up a good amount of points, but like you said, you had to have a good week, and you would win. And it, you just got the short end of the stick every time. Every bro. time. And, um, Nine times in a row, to be specific. Yeah. <laughs> What was your what, what was your final record at the end of the year? Three and ten. And those two, you got one win week one, and then the last two wins were at the back very end back, of the season. Yeah. yeah. So after the trade, actually, is this a fair trade, people? Which you have to see the teams to understand the trade. But you traded um, Jalen Hurts, emotional revenge. You traded him, mm-hmm. which is Smitty. You traded him for Jalen Hurts. You had Jalen Hurts and uh, Tyree Kill. Mm-hmm. You traded him for Laporta, ETN, and Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel, which are all three places that you needed help. And you had CJ Stroud on your bench. Yes. Which he was playing. He was taking off. Taking off. At that point. And so the thing is, is like, you look at your team and you're like, okay, you could lose Jalen Hurts and still be okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you're still not putting up Jalen Hurts numbers, but you still got an okay fantasy QB. And then with Tyreek Hill, he's giving you Debo, but you're also gaining a boss tight end because yeah. for the people that don't know you also drafted evan, evan ingram. ingram and evan ingram is good but he's not he that, misses sometimes he misses sometimes yeah. it, 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 it's iffy and so you need that guarantee at tight end um and you know you had some guys like your you know saints defense they perform sometimes and um you know your kickers are all right and there's guys on your teams where it's like they're fine you don't really need to upgrade them so i think looking back on that trade dude that was a that was a great move for you and your team. Like, you needed that at that time. I started winning after it. Yeah. I wish I did it sooner. And Smitty's team, it's funny how he was winning a couple and of games. And he started winning after yeah. it. So it worked out it for both of us. It was a win-win, honestly. Yeah. And um, one thing that I'll say, um, just a little honorable mention in this this league, because, you know, I'm sitting here in the playoffs. Only four teams made the playoffs. Shout out. Boy, barely made it. I'm sorry, what? Wait, aren't you second? Yeah, I'm second, brother. That's crazy that he's second because he was fighting. Not really. Yes, you were. Well, okay, okay. So last week, there was three playoff spots available. Scott already had the first one locked yeah. down because he has such a crazy ass team. But there were three final playoff spots available, and there were five people that were tied at eight and five. Oh, uh, okay. So it wasn't. And so whoever wins, basically, you have a chance to be in, but then you have to make sure that other people lose or you have to have more points scored than anybody. Mm-hmm. And I do not have that many points scored. It's very no knowledge. I think I'm like fourth in the league in points scored. So I'm like, I'm not putting up really that many points week to week, you know, but I'm getting lucky. I'm playing the people that, you know, they're not really putting up that. Like, bro, I played Scott and I put up 160 some points. It's like you play anybody that week and you're going to be whooping their ass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's funny how 
certain guys that you'll play with in the league, it's like, dude, they were just shit in the bed against me, bro. Like, like I think Broadway, he had a bad game against me. A couple of these guys were like just slacking when they played me, bro. I don't know what it was. And, and my team was putting up okay numbers, but as you see, I'm fourth in or fourth to last in points scored, but yeah. I'm in the playoffs. So, um, what's cool is a couple people lost, a couple people won. And, um, so now the final playoff is Scott, me, Broadway, Louie, and Cam. All you guys that listen to the pod, you guys know all these guests, man. They've all been on the pod before. They've all, you know, shown love and stuff, but, um, it's a very competitive playoff. I will say mm-hmm. that. Um, Even the losers bracket. Oh, the losers bracket is looking very competitive because we're fighting hard. See, this is what this is what I love. People don't for the, y'all that haven't been following the loser of the fantasy football league has to hold a sign on one of the busiest street corners in Jacksonville, and the sign says "Honk if I suck at fantasy football." I'm not holding that sign. That it's so funny, bro. It's like the best loser punishment ever. And we're all gonna drive by in our cars. We're gonna have our families drive by in their cars we're gonna have everyone that has a car it's gonna be a constant know, line of honking cars just honking laying on the horn while the loser has to stay on the side of the busiest corner and um don't worry we'll film everything for you guys like there's no none, none of the content's gonna be missed but um basically that's what all the the at least not everyone in the loser's bracket but at least you and zach fumbledore um you guys are competing for that last spot man and it's gonna be i think that one's gonna come down to the Nah, i'm wiping them yeah. i got a solid team now Devon oh yeah chains back no more injury reserve i'm, I'm did sad. you who did you play your last week i played fumbledore ah and i lost Ooh, yeah. but okay so my i was dumbass left too many points on him on you the did. bench evan ingram somehow got 33 points after his last eight six seven points yeah so yeah, Laporte only got four points, which kind of pissed me off. But. No, it's I, I think I, I smell a comeback for Joey. I don't think you'll be holding that sign, brother. I don't. I want you to be holding that sign, but I don't think you will be. Something tells me you, I'll I, drive off a bridge before I hold that <laughs> sign. I ain't doing it. That's <laughs> just bad. Uh, it's dude. It's it's getting intense now. I like it. It's getting heated up. And um, winner of the league gets three hundred. Second place gets one fifty, and then third gets their money back fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just lost my quarterback. And you just lost C.J. Stroud, so it's about to get interesting. Bro. Jake Browning better hold out for me. Yeah, I think they're playing right now too. So we're, we're cross your fingers. For <laughs> they're crossed right. Yeah. They've been crossed all the time. Because <laughs> that's a risky play. In um, my opinion, well, I though. mean, who else am I going to pick up? All the top ten quarterbacks are gone. Jake one, Browning's a crazy backup. One honorable mention that I have is, um, you know, shout out to the guy, Smitty. I know he has big dreams. I knew this was coming. 6%, baby. 6%, baby. And it has to be addressed because he will never get his opportunity to shine on this podcast because the winner of the Fantasy Football League gets another episode on the OG Sessions pod. So since it's full of a bunch of artists, entrepreneurs, whatever, um, that person will get to be highlighted on the pod one more time. Now, if I'm the winner, um, who knows? Maybe we'll just take the week off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, so I want to listen to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I. No, that'd be cool if I was in the guest spot. And you interviewed me. As if I was, that'd be funny. So what'd you do? Um, <laughs> how'd you do it, bro? <laughs> no, what? Um, I think it'd be funny if, or no, Smitty's thing. So Smitty was. I think he maybe won one game in like the first six or seven weeks or something. It was bad, bro. Me and him were sitting. In the same yeah, boat. you guys were down there at the bottom just. Sharing, sharing a little slice of pizza together, bro. You guys are just getting the leftovers. It was bad. And um, so then 
a stat comes up where it's like Smitty's playoff percentage is 6%. percent mm-hmm. And this dude just absolutely runs with it, man. Y'all better not ever forget, man. I'm Mr. 6% from this point on. I'm never going to do just everything. Like, you, like, the trash talking really began right there for Smitty. And it was. I was like, Smitty, shut the hell up. You're not not a chance. But this boy goes ahead and doesn't lose. Wins out. Wins out. Almost. Almost. Wins out until the final week where he has to win one more game. And you know what his playoff percentage was before, the, like, the last week? Dude, what, it was like, like 70 or something? No, it was higher, bro. It was really? like 90-something percent. That's percent. crazy. Very high percentage. You'd be able to make the playoffs, bro. And all he had to do was just win the game because he had the points. But, I almost wish he did. but Me too. Just so the story would have been me, complete. The story would have been complete. But I'll tell you what, man. Smitty's team, you cannot put up, like, 60 points on the last week. I mean, this is like the final week, man. Just put up those points so that you're at least safe If in case it comes down to like points between you and another guy if multiple people lose or whatever, you know? Is that what he put um, up? 60 points? 60 points. It yeah, might have been tough. a little more. I don't think I checked it after Monday night, but I don't know if he even had any players playing Monday night. But last time I checked it, it was like 60 I don't think points. I've had any games under 100. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you, you can't. I mean, what are you going to do, man? You can't like... If you're putting up 60 points, like, if you do that in the playoffs, you're done. Yeah. It's not even a good playoff. It's not even competitive. But um, I tried to explain that to him. He was not really hearing that on the phone. <laughs> Probably didn't want to. Um, he really wanted me to use my commissioner, like, uh, push him through. Rights or whatever. Well, yeah, whatever it is to push him through the playoffs and, like, take Broadway out. But I'm like, dude, points are points. Broadway had 30 more points than you. Like, that's how that's how the season goes, bro. Um Welcome to fantasy football. Yes, sir. This you have just officially completed your first regular season of fantasy football. And what? How do you feel about it? Lots of regrets. <laughs> but you know, do, I'll be back you, next year. I was gonna say, do you regret playing? I regret the plays. I you, made. Yes, you regret. <laughs> I the don't moves. regret playing. I'll be. I'll be back, dude. I, I think. I think we we can see the the best part is is it's gonna be a lot harder for you to like do worse than you did this year. Thank like, you. Like going into next year's, bro. It's, Thank you. You you can only improve. It's only up from here. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. Wait till I fucking win. If you're holding that side, it's definitely only up from here. Anyways, what's after fantasy? So, um, <laughs> anyway, y'all follow along on that on social media. We'll be posting all the highlights and everything on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. Before we jump into this episode, man, it's episode 80, and me and Joey are hyped about this one. It's a super phenomenal guest. Um, just someone that we've been trying to really like lock in and get on this page. We should have honestly got on this podcast a long time mm-hmm. ago. Um, but, dude, I, I just know. I it's know a nice puzzle piece. Yeah, I'm very I'm very excited for this episode. I know you're very excited for this episode. But before we jump into that, um, I want to let all the people know about the new and improved OG Sessions Patreon. Yes, sir. So, as the people know from the past, we had live streams. We had a chat community. We had merch and giveaways and all this stuff we do on the Patreon. I feel like it's a little overwhelming because it's much. like, yeah, people love this podcast. They love listen to us on you know a weekly basis or whatever but not everybody wants to dive in and watch a live stream of the same episode they just heard online and then go and then and i just real i noticed that there was people that liked those aspects but it wasn't enough to justify like having it available for everybody type mm-hmm. thing um so don't worry you know for the people that want merch it's all being worked on it's all coming in you know you got to wait for the right time you know we want to make sure everything's high quality and everything's good before we put it out um 
But as far as the live streams in the chat community go, those are gone. Gone. If you want to keep chatting with the boys, Joey's got the keys to Twitter, so you guys can Hit go me on up. there. Hit that boy up, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for you know basically any other social media, you can DM us. You can do whatever if you still want to you know interact or have any questions about anything, and you still want to have some input or whatever. We know who's a certified OG and who isn't on that Patreon, so um, don't think you all can hide. You mm-hmm. know, just if you send us a DM, we're gonna know. And um, what's cool is now. The OG Sessions Patreon is the home for all OG Sessions bonus content. So if you are looking to, if you're looking for just more OG Sessions, like we've got a ton of new style videos that we're going to be dropping exclusively on Patreon. Um, one of those I'm going to hint at, it's called a secret session. Mm-hmm. And we haven't announced this yet. So if you guys are listening to this episode, you're going to be the first ones to hear about this. But um, basically, we're going to bring a guest into the studio, do a full length interview with them, normal episode, just like all the other ones. But no one will know who the guest is. And the way to find that out is by clicking play and watching the Patreon. It's so, not even in the title. It's not even in the it's title. It's just going to be secret session one, secret session two, things mm-hmm. like that. So, um, you know, if you want to be a part of the fam, it's not that expensive. Join the Patreon. And more than anything, like, you guys are supporting us so much. Like, if you want these videos to get better, if you want the guests to get better, if you want us to, to keep going to these new locations and doing these on the roads and things like that, um, you know, the Patreon is really where, where you can support us and where, you know, we'll really feel your support and mm-hmm. really put it into action, if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, also, if you guys want to get two-day early access to the episodes, Patreon, that's your spot. Um, if you guys want to, you know, see behind the scenes of on the road episodes, get a quick little 30 minute some midweek B-roll. episode. Yeah. Like me and Joey might finish the gym one week and there's a couple things that we, you know, been needing some to talk pictures about. of us flexing. Oh yeah. We'll just get on there and just flex <laughs> for the camera. No, it we was all our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> no more certified OGs. Uh, yeah. They're gone. We got to just cancel it. <laughs> Patreon kicks us off. We just start working out. <laughs> we got to move to OnlyFans at that point. <laughs> no man um but all the patreon members that are already on there thank you so much for you guys we really appreciate all of y'all just rocking with us through this time where we were trying to get the new studio set up and everything um if you are not a member all i can tell you is that the episodes that are coming to patreon are about to be so dope you're missing yeah we're bringing some really cool shit to the patreon so everybody um keep rocking with us hang on because it's going to get lit on the patreon um if you guys are not uh you know, if you don't know where to find it, it's patreon.com forward slash OG sessions. You can find the links on our stories and things like that. But um, yeah, shout out to all you guys. Big thanks. Shout coming. out to you guys. Appreciate you. Me and Joey are really excited just to bring all this stuff to you. Yeah. Just to, you know, like it's, it's been one of those things where every single night for like five, six weeks straight, we've just been putting in a little bit of work and a little bit of work and a little bit of things like where we can find time. We're just trying to improve this podcast and make the listeners experience the number one thing about this show. So and now we get to do it. Yeah. Shout out to all you guys. We fucks with y'all. Um, let's jump into this episode. Bro. Let's get it. Let's get it. So uh, episode 80 going down right now. Yo, 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 what up, OGs? We are here, episode 80, going down right now. Joined with us is the man himself, DJ Larry Love. Peace <laughs> and blessings, how y'all doing? How Not y'all too doing? bad, man, how you doing? I'm well, I'm amazing. I Dude, I'm, I'm excited for this great episode. Uh, there's a lot of like connections, I feel like, in this episode. Absolutely, um, yeah. Obviously, love culture. Yes. Shout out all the people who love culture. Shout out um, LC, LC4L, for sure. I feel like this was the final puzzle piece. 
Yeah, in, yeah. in getting like the love culture group on here. You Listen. know what I mean? We've got most people on here, but it's like DJ Larry Love, man, where's he at? I was like, when I when I finally saw all the episodes come out, I was like, bro, I'm number six. I didn't win <laughs> For sure. So I'm I'm extremely grateful. I've been telling you, I'm extremely grateful to be here, man. Thank Dude, you for having me for real. You know, it's a perfect timing, in my opinion. Yes, you absolutely know, perfect timing. Um, I was telling you, I like to make that, uh, you know, organic connection yeah. with guests. And I just like to, you know, meet people. Not always just through, you know, the DMs or whatever it is. And I actually ran into you in public. It was at the Jags game. Oh, shout um, out to Jags. Yeah, shout out to the Jags for bringing us together. Even though it <laughs> yeah. was uh, Monday Night Football caught that L, oh, man. Oh, um, that one hurt. I ain't gonna hold it, you. It hurt bad, but hurt. Um, it did make this connection happen, bro. Yes. So shout out to the Jags, man. That was Jags. cool. And um, yeah, super stoked for you to be here, man, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got a lot of dope shit to talk about. Obviously, you... You're a man of you know many facets. Yes, jack of jack of all trades. I can't say I'm not a I'm a master of none. Master of a few probably at this point, but yeah, yeah. jack of many trades for sure. Um, who is for the people that don't know DJ Larry Love? Yeah. Who is DJ Larry Love? That's a very multifaceted question. Yeah, um, <laughs> I am. I'm a dad. Uh, I am a DJ. A lot of people know me as that. I'm a thinker. I'm a curator. I'm a builder. Uh, I'm a world traveler. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I'm a veteran. Shout out to all my veterans. Uh, Thank, thank you, you for your service, bro. Yes, sir. No Fuck problem. Yeah. Serving the U.S. Man, <laughs> yeah, give them the cheer. Right there, bro. Yeah. Amen, bro. 100%, dude. Yeah, served in the Air Force for about nine years. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a lot of things, man. I ain't going to hold you. It's a lot. What uh, made you want to go into the military? Man, honestly, my, I come from a kind of a military family. My dad's side, not a whole lot of military, but the ones who did serve very proudly. My mom's side, like a ton of people went to the Navy. Um, yeah, and then it was it was always kind of a thought. It wasn't like I grew up like, I'm going to go into the military, but yeah. it was there. Was there and, like a pressure from your family? Because I also grew up from a military family, and there was always they were always kind of on my ass. Um, nah, it was always there. It was yeah. like, hey, you know, if you ever, you know, this is, it's been serving us well, so if yeah. you would like to. Um, so it was always there. So when I had the idea, my uncle had just retired from the Navy, so it was like, Hey, um, what you think? And he took me straight to, he got me a Navy, uh, I forgot it's called, some big book that the Navy has. He gave me one of those, like, and we went through the process. So, um, but I think it was also life circumstances at the time. I was trying to start a family. There's a bunch of other stuff going on. And I was Word. like, I need to streamline a couple things. The military is always kind of in my mind. I was in college at the time and was changing my major. And I only had a four year scholarship and changing my major would have put me at five years. And I was like, I'm not paying for another year. Like, yeah, get I can go get paid in the military, travel the world, get some get some skills. You know what yeah. I mean? And then they're gonna finish my education. And I actually just finished that degree this year. Nice, um, congratulations! Yeah. So that was a long. Time. Thank you, thank you. That was a long. I started college in 2010. I finally graduated in 2023. Um, but it was my pace. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Right. I did it in my time. So yeah, it wasn't much pressure, but it was very helpful. Yeah, um, in me going in. So I'm thankful for everything. What was your favorite part? Like, what's your best skill you think you've learned from? Honestly, and it, it came to me really heavy this year. Um, leadership, man. Like, like the the structure of the military has helped. I have a couple of businesses that I either have helped run or helped build, or that I'm currently running. The military has helped me a hundred percent in like streamlining those processes, understanding how uh, chain of command works, all of those things. And then on the other side was camaraderie. I've always been like a big community person, but the military is it's all about community. It's all it is, brotherhood and, and you know shit. what I'm saying. Yeah, You're literally on a base bro. that is a town you know yeah. what i mean so um yeah i would say those are the two big two biggest things so leadership and understanding how to it's helped me in my businesses um and then the community aspect just tightening up on how things should look how things should be so right. yeah 
I like that. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot, man. And yeah. I think the benefits too, man, it's incredible. Like just what, yes. you know, a lot of the things that come with, you know, being in the military, like you can go to school and, you know, they'll, they'll pay for most of it. And yeah. um, I'll tell you what, one, one thing that uh, my aunt told me, she's real big on like school and everything. She really wanted me to go to college. And um, she said she was like, I think what I told her was like, you know, that's four years of my life that I could be focusing on something else that I want to do or whatever. And she's like, well, you're going to be um, like 20. I think at this time I was like 18 or something. So she's like, you're going to be 22 regardless. You can either be 22 with a degree or you can be 22 without a degree. So you sitting here saying it's taking you 13 years. It's like, bro, everyone's got their own pace. And yeah. You've got a degree. So yes, it's like, Absolutely. you know, yeah. Congratulations to you on Thank that, you. man. I, I know that that's, um, that can just open so many doors just when it comes to certain things and Man, some yeah. some companies nowadays really don't care they could care less about yeah, it but yeah. some companies that is a make or break bro mm-hmm. like you can't get in the door without it 100%. literally yeah you know and, I mean? and then you know it doesn't it doesn't i don't i've never heard of a situation where having a degree hurts nah you nah, know what i no, mean no. It's, it's not gonna hurt you it's yeah. not you know what i mean yeah so, yeah maybe it, financially i mean sure. oh no 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 sorry Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But that's the that's the thing. Like, it's a lot. Of, if you just do your due diligence, there's a lot of opportunity to get school to get it paid for. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you can get it paid for, bro, go. Mm-hmm. How about you not? Especially if you can do it at your pace. Man. Yeah. And the military is not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying it to everybody. But um, it worked out for me. It's been very helpful. And it's going to it's really going to help set me up for the rest of my life, to be honest. So, right. You know, this is. uh pro military podcast for sure. Good. Like I think yeah. we, we so, definitely, we, we love our veterans, man, for sure. You. So thank support you. the troops. Um, yeah. hundred yeah, percent. And we're, yeah, we're so close to Mayport, bro. It's like, man. how can you not? You know <laughs> and I mean? NAS. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. No, no, no. It's cool. I love being, I, I love being in this city, man. Um, let's go ahead and talk about, you know, your, your creative side. Let's talk about it. Cause I'm excited for it, man. So, um, yeah. obviously there's so many different aspects and ways we can go with this. Like yeah. I want to learn, like, when did you, when did DJing first kind of come into the picture for you? Like, yeah, have yeah. you always kind of had that interest? So this is perfect because it essentially my creative process started with R&B mostly. Um, That's <laughs> so, dope. So I was in the military. Um, I was going through, I could talk about it. I was going through a divorce at the time. It was a bunch of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of just in this space, this limbo space of trying to move back here to be with my son at the time. And I was... Uh, and the military is like transitional periods for you, like when you're transitioning into a new base or if you're getting out of the military, there's all these different transitional spaces. So a lot of times your housing changes. So I left the house I was in and I was like, I talked to my homie, I was like, hey, can I bum on your couch for like a couple weeks? You know what I'm saying? Until I either move back to Jack's or they send me somewhere else. So uh, he, he had a lot of homies around at the time. It was just a lot of creative inspiration going on. I was listening to a lot of music and I ended up going to this uh, random Super random, sorry. I was in Colorado Springs at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all have been to Colorado. Colorado's amazing, by the way. Um, I was living in Colorado Springs, and I went to a concert and met this guy named Travis Garland, who in the past, he had been signed to uh, Timbaland. He was signed to Timbaland. So go to the concert, listen to him. He's dope. We end up chopping it up, and he was like, hey, man, I, uh, where are you from? I'm from Jacksonville. He was like, oh, it's crazy. I got some grandparents that live in Ponte Vedra. And I was like, man, have you ever been invited to Jacksonville, let alone Florida, to perform? He has an amazing voice. He's like, nah, never. And the idea popped in my head. I was like, it would be dope if I could bring you. Yeah. But at the time, I wasn't DJing. I wasn't making mixes. I wasn't doing anything. Um, and then to this was 2015. And at that time, so I'm a huge 
R and B head. That's where where I kind of shine when it comes to uh, to uh, DJing. I play everything. Literally, I have a, a Caribbean event to do later tonight. You know what I'm saying? But I play everything. <laughs> but R and B is my bag. So um, the the thought of R and B is dead. That's what everybody kept saying at the time. P Diddy, who's one of the biggest creators and collaborators to uh, uh contributors to R&B was saying the same thing at the time. Um and I was like, man, I'm I'm on SoundCloud listening to this and SoundCloud was popping at the time. Listen to this amazing R&B music and I'm like, it's not dead, but I realized it was a transition happening with the DSPs, so Spotify and Apple Music, if you they weren't pushing a lot of music. So if you weren't mainstream and you didn't know who to look for, the algorithm wasn't showing you, hey, here's this side artist. Uh, SoundCloud was though mm. So I'm getting heavy on there And I was like You know it would be dope If I create I was kind of heavy on Instagram at the time If I create like a micro blog And when album R&B albums come out I'll just post them And I'll make Do a little write up You know yeah. what I mean That's how it started um, Just like for fun it's Just like, for fun yeah, You know 100%. what I'm saying um, And then that turned into I created a SoundCloud And I think I did a mix One time And the mix was like I was using Adobe uh audition and just literally putting the track after each other and sometimes i'll get in and say a couple things i got like a little mic and start saying a couple things yeah yeah um so i'll make the mix and put it out and because soundcloud the algorithm how i was working people were finding them and they're like hey man can you put your mute my music in your mix and i'm like okay you know what i'm saying that's cool like yeah. send it to me see if i like it and these are people around the country at the time um so start kind of like digging into that a little bit deeper fast forward i moved back home to jacksonville and uh, end up in the studio with a friend of mine. He was doing like this pre-recorded radio thing, and he was like sending it to this radio station. They would play it, but <laughs> when he was like ripping the songs, they sounded terrible. <laughs> and I was like, "Bro, this quality sucks! Like, what are you doing?" And to back it up a little bit, to bring it back, when I was like fourteen or fifteen, I was in church and I was doing um, live audio engineering. So I was kind of familiar with sound. I had mm-hmm. been familiar with sound for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and radio, a couple other things. So. I was like, use this program to rip some of the songs. If you're gonna rip them, rip them like this. Um, and he was like, "Oh man, like I need your help." Like, All right, I'll, I'll help you rip the songs. What does that mean to rip the songs? So, prime example, you go on YouTube. Say you want a song literally on your computer, mm-hmm. right? You go on YouTube. You uh, pull the, the you copy the URL and you put it into a program, and it'll literally spit out the MP3 format um, oh, of okay, the file. Gotcha. Yep, rip the song like a converter or whatever. Yep, yep, gotcha. a converter for sure. Um, so as we were moving through that, he he just kind of had me in the studio with him helping, just helping. Yeah. And he was like, yo, can, you got some song ideas? Like, I know you, you know, these little mix, you got some song. Like, hey, what about this? What about that? So that turned into, he literally looked at me one day. He was like, you ever thought about DJing? <laughs> no. <laughs> he was like, well, technically that's what you're doing when you're making these mixes. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not using any turntable. This is just me at a computer splicing stuff. I'm not. Yeah. So I went home and thought about it. And he was like. You should you should DJ basically for yeah. me yeah. for me and he had been throwing events in the past but he was just doing some radio stuff so fast forward I bought a little controller started doing my mixes live pre recording them yeah and then um, <laughs> basically I did my very first DJ gig for New Year's Eve for oh him, man which is you guys know that's a huge deal yeah. yeah I'm helping people bring in their New Year this is my first gig and Hell, how do you think you did on that what was it like. I was nervous as shit, but yeah. uh, what kind of music? Well, like, give me an example of some of the guy like music you were playing at that time. Like, who was who? What, what were some of your 
So, if you remember like banger songs. Yeah, play. so this is 2017. To be honest, I don't think I was playing anything new for real. Yeah. Um, because so back it up a little I back it up to when I was a kid. My dad is the reason I love R and B. And then shout out to my my late grandfather. Um, him as well. He took me further back. But my dad had me listening to Michael Jackson, the OJs, Sam Cooke. Um <laughs> he loves Prince, but he wouldn't let me listen to Prince when I was a kid. <laughs> Why he not? Said too, he said it was too nasty. <laughs> so I can't listen to Prince. Um, but about like, Otis Redding, you know who that is? Yeah, of okay. course. Absolutely. For sure. So I was listening to that as a kid. You know what I mean? So um, fast forward, when I'm in that space, I was playing more things from like the 2000s, some 2010s, some hip hop, some R&B. It was a little bit of mix of everything, just what I had. Mind you, I had no mentor, nothing. I was just, yeah. all right, I'm going to get in here and play some songs. <laughs> How how I did I was nervous At the end of the night Everybody had They were like Oh my god You did such an amazing job And people They didn't know They was coming in To see a beginning DJ Right And that let me know Okay You got something here It felt good didn't it It felt amazing You know what I mean And I remember uh, This particular couple Like they took over The show at one point And they're in the middle Of the dance floor Just going crazy But it's because of the music I was playing you know what I'm saying? I was picking the right songs for them that had them in that space. And they came up to me and were like, hey, we're from Chicago. We do line dancing. Like, you're killing it. Keep going. Nice. So that kind of set me on that path for real. And do you think that had that night gone a little bit differently, do you think you'd still be DJing right now? I still would be. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you just like the process the when process, you were up there. Yeah. It, it was nerve-wracking, but I felt at home for real. Mm-hmm. It was just nerve-wracking because it's my first time doing it, and yeah. I'm doing it on New Year's Eve. You know what I mean? Are you a very outgoing person? Like, are you yeah. one of those people where you, so you can be in front of a crowd, and, you know, you, there's no nerves of, like, the crowd isn't really a huge factor in it for you. No stage fright? I get stage fright for sure. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because, like, I've always been outgoing and a people person, but, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I still get stage fright. But when I was, when I graduated high school, I gave a speech in front of 5,000 people. Wow, Okay. I'm used to the pressure, but yeah. it's not like that's not my. I'm I'm getting more comfortable with it. Also, that, I feel like there's a little bit more of an added pressure when it's like you're you're like not previewing. You're you're showing your craft off. Basically. Yeah, like absolutely. You know, this is a representation of your craft, and it's kind of like one of those things where it's it's uh, help me, Joey. It's like whenever if for us, it's like I don't get nervous doing podcasts or yeah. anything like that. But like since this is kind of like my you know, passion. It's you, like it's my, your yeah. image. It's exactly. Like, this is how yes. people look at you. This is how they know you. For sure. Yes. And so you want to put out a good product for the people that, yeah. you know, enjoy whatever, you know, DJing or podcasting or whatever it is. So um, I think that there's always going to be that added pressure. You know, I totally agree with what you're saying on that. Like, yeah. Did you have turntables the first night? Like, are you DJing with turntables so, at this point? So I bought, um, so to give you a little DJ knowledge, if y'all don't already know for the listeners. Um, so I, use, I was using a controller. So a controller is, a, it's like a, Put together turntable and mixer. It's all, but it's just one piece. Mm-hmm. So you have both sides, and then you have your mixer in the middle. So I was using a really small one. It was like this big. It was not big. So it's got the little. Yeah, we got all there. the buttons, all the um, cue points, and yeah. it has your uh, jog wheels. Jog wheels were like this small. Yeah. <laughs> they were really small. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it did what I needed it to do for that night yeah. for sure. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. So and that. So at that time, I had R and B mostly, but it was just like a blog. I wasn't, and I was releasing these random mixes. Um, we'll, I'll get into the, the specifics of R&B mostly sure, later, yeah. but that's essentially how it started. It start. It wasn't an event. It's an event now, but it was you. just. It was a. It was a media platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. And I think it's cool, man. That you got that kind of like exposure to like 
just working with sound and things like that yeah. in the early age, like you said, with church. And then it's like you got in the studio and you were helping. And I think a lot of people want to jump into a craft without actually doing, like, not necessarily any research, but just not really knowing a lot about it. Or you know, Seems just, like you just fell into it. Yeah, you really did. Like it was supposed to happen. No, but that's... I had to think about like why that night went the way it went. I had been listening to music my whole life. I had been essentially curating playlists my whole life. I had been dealing with sound in live settings. If the mic is going crazy, I'm behind the board to make sure the mic. Is going. I had been dealing with some of that pressure and some of that, some of those thought processes that mm-hmm. you need to DJ in front of people up until that point. So mm-hmm. it made sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, to your point of the craft, I had been kind of working on it. I had never been manipulating music as a DJ in front of people. Yeah. But I have been on the other side for sure. Do you feel like whenever you were making the decision to go into the military, like mm-hmm. was, I guess when, was it ever a thought that like, you know, maybe want to, I want to pursue the DJ thing and try to make that my career? Hell no. Really? <laughs> so I, I, so I joined the military when I was, I was 21, 22, 2012. I didn't become a DJ to 2017. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so the, that's why I said create my creativity started when I was getting so I sorry the mili- my military career is kind of set into two parts. I served active duty for three years and then I served in the guard for six. Okay, the air guard. The air guard was here. The base is actually at the airport, Jackson Airport. It's like oh cool, off. yeah. Um, but yeah, so my transition of moving to Jacksonville is what started my creative space for gotcha. real. For real. Okay, yeah. so you even though you kind of had this exposure to sound at a younger mm-hmm. age, uh, you're not actually really getting into the DJ space until you're a little bit older. Nah, I I didn't even think about being a creative for, I was a worker. I was, you know what I'm saying? I was going to work. I was at the time taking care of family. That's what I was doing. At what point did you make that jump to where your mindset kind of changed and you're like, I want to really pursue this shit for real and try to see Uh, I'll say right after that gig, honestly, because I was in limbo. So when I moved back here, um, so when you're switching from, from active duty to the guard, Depending on what your job is, you might have to retrain. I had to retrain. So, like, I was in limbo for, like, months. I was just here. I was getting paid, but I'm not really working because I don't have the credentials to do. At the time, I went from a – so this is cool. I was a dental lab technician. So I was making, like, dentures. I was making uh, crowns, hmm. uh, replacements of molars. In the military. In the military. That was that's my job. So, yeah. That's cool as fuck. And I was at, like, one of the top bases for it. So we had, like, the highest technology. We were creating – we were using CAD CAM machines to create, like, 3D models of teeth. 3D oh, models of – sweet. We were veterans who maybe had gotten their face blown blown half off. We were creating, like, cheeks and eye sockets. That's That sweet. would, like, pop on with, like uh, – they would put magnets inside their yeah. face. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? So I was getting exposed to that. that. I went from that to when I went to the guard, I was a, a mechanic, essentially. But like a higher level mechanic. We were working on planes and yeah. equipment. Did you ever make any grills in the military? <laughs> no, but um, actually when I was in uh, tech school is what they call it. I was in San Antonio. <laughs> One of my instructors had gotten in trouble when he was a young airman. I was in the Air Force, yeah. yeah. Um, when he was a young airman because he made some grills. <laughs> but but essentially, I I have the skills still to this day to make yeah. grills. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of a similar process. Yeah, you you're, cast, got- you're casting. You make the mold. You cast the gold. You take it out. You br- break everything up. And then you, you grind it down. You've never made set. one for yourself? Nah. I, you don't want no. one? I do. I uh, do. It's come just, on it's now. The Me time. and Joey want one too. I want a little cap. You know what I'm saying? I think it'd be cool. Yeah. It's funny because... um. 
you know, you always, we were talking about like before we started the episode or maybe right after we started the episode, um, the skills you learn in the military, like yeah. it's cool how many random skills you learn. Yeah, and like, man, what? who would have thought that he'd be learning how to, like, he knows how to make a grill yeah. and that's from dentures. What do you mean? Like well, a whole yeah. set of dentures. No, for sure. A whole Seriously. cheekbone. Yeah. I, know right. how to, I know how to set teeth. It's so crazy. Bro. Yeah. The process is, it's such an intricate process, but to back it up, cause I'm always a hindsight person. My creativity was getting built there. Because I was having to learn how to use my hands to manipulate. I'm making what's inside your mouth. Yeah. That's it's crazy. Like problem, you know like what I'm saying? Problem solving. Type yeah. Thing. Like, you know, you come across something. It's like trial and error. You keep trying different things. And, yeah. Um, I think the best way to learn something is hands-on, bro. Like, Absolutely. Especially Absolutely. with, um, you know, me and, jo- or me and Joey, like, we're both, like, blue-collar workers and shit. And, like, we both are definitely using our hands as well. Like, yeah. you know, on our day jobs. And, um. To be honest, bro, it's like I could never learn my job like on a computer. Like, same with Joey. Like, oh, he yeah. not at all. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's really dope, man. Yeah, I'm out there yeah. getting shocked. That's how I learned. I <laughs> <laughs> point <an> electrician. <laughs> like, Ooh, don't do that. <laughs> so, uh, to speak to that too, my uh, so my when I the second half of my military career. That's, so that's why I say I'm, I was a mechanic, but I was deeper than that. So I was an aerospace ground equipment technician. Mm-hmm. So we maintained all of the equipment they used to to power up the jets, to fuel the jets, to fix the jets, to any cranes. So I had to learn. I had to become part electrician. I had to become part HVAC. Was like, it all DC power? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we had to. So in learning, we had to learn both sides, AC, DC, but. Yeah. Um, I feel like most of the stuff we were using was DC. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so I, I have that skill set and I'm thankful. Yeah, so, it's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. And just like all the other skills I'm sure you learn out there, like just with a, a lot of the mental health too. Man. You know what I mean? Because Absolutely. I mean, it definitely like going into any for, like branch of the military, bro, that shit makes you a man, bro. I mean, for being honest, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure there's some, there's some crazy stories you, you got to, man. But it's, sure. um, it's just one of those things where, you know, you got to respect somebody that's, you know, sacrificed what they have to yeah. um, go out there and make themselves better, you know? Absolutely. Um, let's jump into, uh, actually, you know what? Before we get off it, I kind of want to know a little bit more about R&B mostly. Let's talk about it. Let's so about it. there was a couple little stipulations of me and Joey, kind of not stipulations, but things that we <laughs> We argued. We argued for sure. <laughs> so when we, um, you know, we, we were doing our research and it's R&B mostly, right? R-N-B. Yeah, mostly. Yes, <laughs> and me and Joey for a minute. I was like, you know, I was thinking, I'm like, it's R and B mostly, and I mm-hmm. said it, and Joey was like, no, it's, I think it's R and B, and I mm-hmm. was, and that's real R and B is R and B. Yes, real R and B is R, the and sign, right? Yeah, yes. And so, how did you come up with the R and B? Does the N stand for anything? So, not necessarily. So, when you when you look up R and B, you can type in R and B, and R and B will come up. Okay, gotcha. It's like a, it's like a uh, uh, abbreviation or extra, right? But literally, R and B stands for rhythm and blues. So the N would just be more of a slang, like R mm-hmm. rhythm and in blues, blues, rhythm yeah. and blues, and without the A and the D mm-hmm. in. You know what I'm saying? So R and B, yeah, yep. And I did that from just from a marketing standpoint, honestly, um, so that I could stand out a little bit. Yeah, um, I think then, it looks way better, like nah, on socials. So, like it's, I mean, yeah. it's cool that you got that name R and B mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything behind the mostly, or is it just because yeah. you're mostly playing R and B? Thank you for asking me that question. <laughs> there actually is um, more to it. So um, there are a couple of brands that people know that use R and B something, right? Um, I didn't know about <laughs> most of those brands at the time. I was still getting new to social media and just things that were going on in the world. Yeah. So, uh, two things. So, 
There's a group called Selection. Do y'all know about them? Mm-mm. So I'm, I'm gonna send them. I'm gonna send y'all their stuff. Yeah, there. put us on, bro. Oh my god, they're amazing. Um, and they actually started as a radio show at a college at a college in LA, and now they're this. I think they're in year seven or eight. They're a global company. They do. They have a show on Apple Radio. Um, they do heavy parties, but their music is like it's everything. So they'll take like. They'll take some, take some Drake vocals and put it over some African conga, whatever. Like they they do crazy blends and mixes, but they're they're uh, so one of the taglines is uh, uh timeless be- timeless beats eclectic soul right like so it's it's more soul, but it's like when I first started listening to them because that's who I was kind of listening to at the time just musically. Um, they would take like R and B vocals and mix it with jazz, or mm-hmm. they would do some crazy shit. So I was like, every, most of the stuff that I do. Is around R and B, but it might be jazz influence. It might have some jazz influence to it, but it's still R and B. Um, so the the at the time, anyways, if you're gonna say the event, it's a little bit different. But um, I'm mostly playing R and B. But even the things that I'm not playing um, that are R and B are usually influenced by it, um, built around it sometimes, et cetera, et cetera. So that yeah. was the initial plan, and when we got to the event. It was a little bit different. But, I like how yeah. it's it's really easy to understand too. Like I see a night, you you just see R and B mostly, and you're expecting it to mostly be R and B. it makes sense. That's yeah, it's a good name. Yeah, no, it's I like that. I like yeah. when people do that because some people try to like I think overthink it a little bit. and yeah. They'll try to make it like R and B, and then this like you know some word that hasn't been used before <laughs> or something like that. You know, and you're just kind of like, what is that? You know, yeah. and, and sometimes with the way things go, it's like. Someone can say R and B da 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 and it not even be with about R and B. Yeah, I mean? no, it, it's like a gang or something. You know, what I mean, it's like so. It's funny how R and B. It's I like the way you did it. I think you, you. you did a great job with it, man. And yeah. um, do you feel like? I mean, because with R and B, mostly it was kind of like one of those things where you you were kind of doing that before the DJing, right? Yeah. Do you think that that was kind of like once you started DJing, you kind of turned up with R and B mostly a little bit harder because you were like. <laughs> You know, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, so um, so I, I started DJing, um, and we'll get into love culture soon, but yep. <laughs> started DJing. I'll save the best for last. Yeah, you know yeah, for sure. Um, I started DJing, and uh, people people were listening to my mixes, and it was like, yo, we want, we want that. Like, when you come to DJ, we want whatever you're doing there, we want that, right? Yeah. So sometimes I would do parties not under DJ Larry Love. It would be sounds by R&B mostly. Oh. Right, because I was giving a sound, mm-hmm. right? So yes, I started turning it up, and uh, basically the the live part started to become people started booking me because they wanted that sound. And at the time, I was working with a, a conglomerate of DJs. Shout out to Mr. Al Pete, uh, my OG. Shout out, yeah. Al Pete. we had him on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? It had to have been like seventy three or something. Yeah, Dude, something. Shout out, Mr. Al Pete. Yeah, bro. Shout out cool. Al we Al actually Pete. we just seen him a couple nights ago, man. Yeah. He's, um, Dude, shout out him. Yeah, yeah, great, that's my great OG. DJ as well. for real, for yeah, great, so, great guy to kind of like emulate as well. Man, you know? look, he literally. I, so I didn't have again. I didn't have a mentor. I was just kind of doing things, and I kept hearing about him. And I actually, kind of crazy. I heard about him when I was still in Colorado because he, he did some. He had some shirt that he created. It was like Better Dad Society something, and he ended up on the news. And I saw him like, man, this dude, this dude's pretty cool. You know what I mean? And then yeah. I was, I didn't hear about him again. And then when I moved back and started DJing, I was like, I think that dude was a DJ. And then I saw him around, and I reached out and was like, "Hey, man, can we can we link up?" So fast forward, him and a couple other guys I was rocking with, we were doing events together, and we kind of created D- this DJ conglomerate where people would book us as like the DJ crew, and we would sometimes do multiple events for them. 
That's dope. so we were doing like <laughs> we would do like a political a political mixer and then turn around and do a party the same night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So we were kind of like all over the city, and they were like, "Man, this R and B mostly thing, bro. Like you, like you, you guys plan. are all moving under R and B mostly. No, no, no. Okay. We're just moving as DJs. Word. Okay. Right. So R and B mostly was still this media platform that I was doing mixes yeah. on. It's just and a I side would, hustle. Yeah, and I was doing some of my personal events with people. Like they would book me for the Army Mostly Sound. Mm-hmm. So the, my DJ guys at the time were like, yo, what are you doing with this Army Mostly thing? You need to make an event out of it. And going back to the story about Travis Garland in, in Colorado, I was like, well, that's the plan, but I want to bring artists when I do it. And they were like, bro, fuck that. Like, <laughs> bro, play the music. Like people book you because they want to hear the music. Yeah. And December 2018, we did the first Army Mostly and it's been up. 2018. Up, up. So December uh, 23rd, 2023 which is next saturday yeah. is our five-year anniversary oh dude i no saw way. that yeah. yeah so where where is this gonna be at uh it's a place called atlantis jacks off of uh, st arlington i can't remember the exact road and so uh so five arlington years road. of this did you ever think that it'd be at this level that it's at right now hmm. did you expect it to be at a different <laughs> level than it than it's at right now like I mean, I've never been to one of these events, but I'd love to go. I think I mean, dude, this five year anniversary would be so sick to pull mm-hmm. up to. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll show you some videos so you can see the energy. And you yeah, can feel it for you can feel it through the through watching the footage for. And, and um, is it? Uh, I mean, cut you off. Is you, it you, you and Mister um, Alp? Are yeah, you, like going back to back doing the army mostly. So as well? uh, the team right now is me, Mister Alp, DJ B Tune. Um, we have a, a couple other guys, Risk Takerell and Pretty Nasty. They can, they help out when they can, yeah. but it's mostly me, Al Pete, and B Tune, and then our host is J Rell. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so the, it's the it's us four for real, and we you know we 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 go we move through the music. Do you have a uh, home venue, or do you guys just go to like different venues every time you do one? Man, of these so we try to keep a home venue, but I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie to you. Jacksonville is a, a tough place to keep venues because venues open, they close. The deals are great, then they suck. Mm-hmm. Deals mm-hmm. suck, and then they're great. So it changes. Um, so at this point, in five years in, we've been to four four different venues. Four in Jacksonville. We we've done one in Charlotte. Um, Are these like a yearly thing, a monthly thing? Monthly. Oh. We do them every month. Oh yeah. wow! Okay. So to, I'll go back to your question. You asked uh, the where I saw myself. So honestly, I didn't see any of this because in my mind, I had to wait ten years to build my money up to bring artists. Mm-hmm. Like that was my. Um, but at this point, I've successfully brought I think three or four artists. We brought Sammy. We brought Tink. We brought uh, DJ Envy. We brought a couple other oh guys. My gosh, yeah, we've so had cool. some people on the bill over the years. Um, nah, I didn't see this. To be honest, I mean, yeah. I, I always shoot big, so I saw this big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to I'm seeing the building blocks, and I'm like, oh, I, I know where we're going. What do you think's one of been like one of the biggest things that you've learned um, throughout just building these events with R&B? Mostly, biggest thing. One of the biggest things. Patience, man. Patience and planning. Mm-hmm. Patience and planning, and, and <laughs> learning the art of pivot, right? Uh, clubs don't last five years, let alone a brand mm-hmm. that is, you know what I'm saying, like that. And, and with the people that's involved as well. Um, we've been able to make it five years, even through the pandemic, just because we stayed the course. You know what I'm saying? When when the pandemic happened, that very next month, we did not do an army mostly. We just took it digital mm-hmm. because people still wanted it. And people yeah. showed up in droves online. That's awesome. Like as if they were there, screaming in the chat. Oh my yeah, god, this yeah. is amazing! Um, Dude, that is so. Yeah. Cool. What's your next goal? Next goal, um, honestly, next goal is to take it to um, more cities, more cities. So we did Charlotte 
earlier this year. It was phenomenal. Um, but the deal and the people we were working with in Charlotte, it kind of didn't work the rest of the business. But we have a couple things on the table with, with Charlotte, so that should be coming. Very what soon. are the challenges with going to a different city? Because obviously it's like when you're on your home turf, it's like so much easier to yeah. not just like find a venue and things like that, but also to draw a crowd in because you know so many people here. It's like Absolutely. very easy to get your, your people to show out and, you know, come out for an event, especially when it's only once a month. It's like, um, which is, I'm not down, it's very frequent, yeah, I will yeah, say yeah. That, especially for an event that big. Um, but you know, when you're telling people to come out and it's like, you know, just pop out this one night for me, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's easy in your home turf, right? Yeah. But when you're going to another city, like that's gotta be, it's gotta be a lot of challenges involved. I'd imagine. Yeah. So I'll, I'll speak to that a little bit. So Jacksonville is actually, I'll say this. If you can figure it out in Jacksonville event wise, you can figure it out anywhere. Jacksonville, uh, and my homie would say sometimes struggles with a, a segregation of information. Jacksonville is essentially like six or seven cities in one. Mm-hmm. So when you travel to an Atlanta, when you travel to a Charlotte, when you travel to a DC, their city is the size of our North side. Barely. Word. You know what I'm saying? We got five or six cities that all consider consist of Jacksonville and it's spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe this has been a great playing ground for me to figure out. So I'm to, to tap into it deeper. I have become, I'm not an expert, but I've become really great at marketing. Mm-hmm. This isn't just about posting a flyer and telling your friends. I'm doing social media ads. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm doing email marketing. I'm I'm digging into the numbers and understanding the data, um, which some people don't do. They just throw the event, throw the flyer out, and they know people, so people come. Mm-hmm. But that's how they fall off because yeah. I have a, I have a system. So to your point, the reason we were able to go to Charlotte and we did, I think we had about 250 people come out. Wow! First time, first time ever in Charlotte. That's first great. time me ever doing that's anything lot, in Charlotte. That's a yeah. lot of people, bro. But it was the relationships I already had there. Plus the marketing strategy that I built through doing it in Jacksonville for almost five years at that point. Um, And I was able to implement it there and it worked. Which strategy do you think helped you the most while you were trying to do that? Like, do you think it was trying to target like more like target ads towards people that live in Charlotte? Was that ever a thought process? Like, what do you think helped you the most? Like with, cause drawing 250 people, bro, that doesn't just happen. (laughs) I think that's solid, bro. Honestly. Yeah. um, Honestly. So not to be nerd out too much on marketing, but no, you, you, it, guys, please, you guys do it. You know what I'm saying? 100%, so, we're yeah. all about it. Um, so when, when you're figuring out, you have to figure out your audience, right? Mm-hmm. And, and your audience comes by doing more events. The yeah. more events that go out that you do, the more information and data that comes in. So I get to, okay, what do people wear when they come? What are they drinking? What do they look like? What do they smell like? You know what I'm saying? What do they hang at? Yeah. Are they college educated or not? Like, I'm, and I'm look as I'm doing these events. Yeah, I'm DJing, but I'm scowling the room. Like, okay, this is my audience tonight, at least. Yeah. So let me load this into the data, because when you you go, for example, Facebook marketing, or you go into the business suite and you tap and you tap in, you can create audiences. So I create different audiences for different things. If I'm doing a because di- sometimes I do different R&B mostly events. I'll talk about that later, December 29th, Auntie's House, which is a more intimate Ooh. event that's sponsored by R&B mostly. Um, that is a more intimate event. So that takes a different type of audience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So essentially I'm building audiences because I to tap a little bit deeper as well. Um, I do hella events, which we'll get into those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a builder. So I'm I'm building audiences with each event. Like, okay, this is the the marketing and structure and feel of this event. These are the type of people that come to this. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that other people who are outside of that box don't come. But these are the core people who come. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's that's what helped me in Charlotte because 
Charlotte has an influx of the people who the people who come to RB mostly in Jacksonville, it's an influx of those people in Charlotte. And you already know what you're looking for. Yeah. So that's another good thing. Like me and Joey, we always like very very similar to what you're saying, bro. It's like yeah. you know your audience. You're looking at the numbers of like which different types of people, age range, yeah. you know, their Absolutely. interests. It'll also show you like their top three podcasts of like are the most popular top three podcasts yes. of so Absolutely. there's a lot of different things like that where when we're looking at those numbers, we're kind of trying to target some of our things towards that same style of people. You yeah. know, it's like, um, I, I, I like that. I like that point a lot, man, because I think a lot of people, what they're, what a lot of entrepreneurs and artists try to do is they don't really, they don't really try to find like a target audience. They just oh. try to put it out and just hope that the target audience finds them. Yeah, and nah. I'll tell you what, like ever since you, if, once you switch that mindset and you kind of go looking for the type of people that you know will enjoy your content, it's, yeah. it makes it so much easier for you to, you know, connect with the people that are going to support your show or support, you know, your sets or whatever you're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, great point without that. Man. Um, and I want to give a little bit of game cause I like to give game to people. Um, if you are running any type of business, whether it's a podcast or you selling cookies, if you are not tapping into actual marketing, you're <laughs> you, you losing, bro. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We have access to the same tools that Walmart has, the same tools that Amazon has, mm -hmm. the same tools that Bath and Body Works, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Any business that is able to put the information out, newsletters, marketing, we have those tools. Because of the internet, thankfully, you know what I'm saying? We have yeah. access to those things like this. Now, you do got to take time and learn it, but it's going to help you expand your business. You know what I mean? And help you stay longevity-wise. So, yeah. I like that. that. And, and it's not like some – a lot of people think it's out of reach, you know? It's Man, because it's they see other – they see these big brands kind of dominating these spaces. And it's yeah. kind of – it's intimidating. It definitely is. But sure. once you learn, like, the basics and just kind of how to, like, get your foot in the door and then you do – you know, through trial and error, you test yes. things, see what Absolutely works, see what doesn't error. hurt. <laughs> and I think, it, uh, you know, you kind of start to see that it's actually a lot easier – then you may understand. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. obviously so many deals behind the scenes happen with these big brands that make them bigger and bigger and bigger. But um, when you're talking about strictly, like, just being an artist and you look at other artists and some of their creative processes and things like that, you're like, yeah. it's actually very doable, you know? And um, some people blow up for the wrong things, too. You know? So it's like, so <laughs> not necessarily the wrong things, but it's like, you know, you never know what could blow up. Like, yeah, a clip don't. of you, if you're, just having, if you're just making content and putting stuff out, it's like, you might blow up because you did something funny in a video, but you're actually making music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, um, you're, you know, so it's always good just to kind of see what the audi what your audience wants. You yeah. know what I mean? And just learn your audience. I, I, yeah, I love that, man. Everyone should learn marketing. I, absolutely. I mean, we have to. We have to. If you want to survive in this space. If you want to survive in this space, bro, you got to. Absolutely. Um, and talking about um, audiences and knowing your audiences, yeah. I want to know your top three songs. Like, say the crowd is dead and you you know you have to turn the crowd around. Yeah. What are your top three songs that you, you would play? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to say something before I get to that. So uh, with R&B Mostly, when you come to an R&B Mostly event, right, what you're going to get, and I'll explain it, it's a formula that I created, essentially. Um most times when you go to a club, it's like top 40s. If they play R&B, it's randomly sprinkled in or usually at the end, mm -hmm. right? So with me trying to create an R&B event, I was like, okay, people are going to come out. And sometimes people still want to be hype, mm -hmm. right? R&B, not that all R&B is like super slow, but a lot of it, when you get into the classics, it's more slower. It's singing, is that, right? So the idea was where normally you would play hype shit, I'm going to play R&B. And where normally you would play R&B to calm down, I'm going to play hype shit. 
Turn it around. So the party keep is up all night. It's all high energy because the whole everybody's coming in to hear R and B, and then they're thinking they're gonna hear R and B song, and then I'll get into the top three. Mm-hmm. So the top three will be I like that. Uh, from for that something I'll give one that's not R and B. Dreams and nightmares. Oh yeah, you, you know that's gonna go yeah. crazy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I, it doesn't matter. I, I've DJed and traveled across this world at this point, but definitely across the country, that song goes crazy everywhere. It's gonna lift the energy in any room. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? People are like, what? hold on, hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You, know what I mean? you always got that one dude that is just like feeling it so he's hard, going crazy, standing up on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks he's Meek Mill. Yeah, Absolutely. in that moment, it's so. And it's the dude just watching. Like, there's always that one individual, whether it's at the party, it's at the football game, wherever they're playing that song, man. Yeah. It's just so funny watching how into it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's been me sometimes. Yeah, don't yeah. say that one individual because I've seen you be that individual. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, bro, it is, it's, that's the vibe. When you're, when you, you know, a couple drinks in, they play oh, yeah. Dreams and Nightmares, man, the DJ knows what he's doing for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, number two. And then um, the next two, I'll go from an R&B perspective. So Can We Talk by Tevin Campbell. Even though I, with the R&B that I play, I try not to play that song because I know every other party's going to play that song, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. I know that song's going to go every yeah. time. It's going to get the crowd where they want to go. And then from a dancing perspective, um, Before I Let Go by Frankie Beverly and Maze, and then Beyonce remixed it. So I normally blend them. I'll play Frankie Beverly's part first, and then when they get to a certain part, I'll bring in Beyonce and everybody's dancing. Yeah. Going crazy. Yeah. Who do you think who's who's like the R and B go? You know, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit green when it comes to R and B. Like I, I listen okay. to I listen to the the classics basically. Yeah. You know, like all the you know the ones that you've heard on the radio and all that stuff. I've obviously heard, but um, you know, I don't dive deep into any of the underground shit. Who do you think is like the the R and B go? Like coming from an R and B head yourself. Man, I've been actually thinking about this a lot lately. So I'm I'm not going to include Michael Jackson. Because he's the king of pop, yeah. Which is, he's definitely R and B, but he 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 transcended R and B and helped R and B go into another space, another stratosphere. So I'm actually gonna name two people, and essentially as rivals, but they're really kids of Michael Jackson, Usher, and Chris Let's Brown. Go, I, you know what's funny? Chris I was gonna Brown. say I was gonna say my goat is Usher just because my last name, not even for <laughs> reason. But that's funny. He's actually the goat too. Yeah, Usher and Chris Brown, and I I say Chris Brown because um. I take it too deep into him. I, I'm extremely connected to him as an art. He's one of, he's probably my top two favorite, to be honest. I yeah. listen every year on Spotify rap. He's my number one artist. Really? I listen to him. What? Yes. Oh what about God. Chris Brown? Is it, it just his voice in particular? Because he's also got, he's so talented in so many ways. So man. didn't he hit somebody? So this, this Dude, so let I was, that no, shit no, no, go. No, no. I love this shit. So, so I love this, how you go I'll, I'll, bring that I'll, up. No, I'll Look bring it up. I'll talk about it. So this, this is why Chris Brown doesn't get as much shine as he should because of that situation. It kind of took him out of the the running, the uh, limelight. Not even the limelight of the runnings. It took him out of the system. Like when Usher drops something, the system that's around music pushes it. Do you think heavy. it's because, like, I bet you, if he would have hit a girl that wasn't Rihanna, like, yes, Rihanna was connected to. Sorry, Jay Z. So here we go. Come on, here we go. Mm-hmm. Jay Z been been throwing shots at Chris Brown for years at this point, still, and it's like, bro, let it go, Jay. Goddamn, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah. So it took him out of limelight, but here's the thing: Chris Brown came out as such a strong artist and has continued as a strong artist. So even if people don't see him, he just sold out a crazy arena in um, Dubai, like last week or something, or two weeks yeah. ago. Like, he still, he he wasn't able to lead the country for a little while. He was still killing in the country, but he went out out the country and 
pick right back up like it was nothing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So uh, Chris Brown, because so Chris Brown is essentially a child of Michael Jackson and like a like Usher would be like his uncle, so to speak. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he his work ethic is nuts. I think Usher's doing the Super Bowl halftime show this yes. year too. Yeah. He just he just released his um actually as I was driving here I saw it. He just released the album art for that project. Um, and it's crazy. It's him holding a P. It's dope. It's dope. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's I gotta hard. check that out it's for sure. Yeah. Um, are you excited for that? Do you do you feel like that's a big um like win for the R and B community? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Usher. So he just came off. He just finished his residency in Vegas, and I saw a crazy cool clip about that. There was a guy he was talking to, like, fifteen years ago, and. If people don't know about Vegas, Vegas for artists, usually if they're not doing like a big show, it's usually where Vegas or artists go if they're washed up or they're trying to get like a second wind or whatever. Right. I'm not saying that all the artists that are there are that, but it'll be like Elton John and not Elton John's amazing, but, you know, he's older. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, all right, you know, we're going to go see an Elton John show. Right. Usher is technically still in in a prime of his career. And he, the clip was a guy was like, "Yeah, I don't know if I want you to go to Vegas." And he was like, "Nah, if I ever go to Vegas, it's gonna it's gonna be on my terms. It's gonna be the way I want to do it." I don't know if you guys got to see any clips of his Vegas residency. Phenomenal. Really? He was on skates the entire. He's doing crazy shit, but it's a he's an entertainer for real. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, and that's what Chris Brown comes in as well. They're really kids of Michael because yeah, they got the vocals, but. They're going to outwork you on the stage every single night. They're going to perform for two hours straight. That's one thing, bro. You got to respect Chris Brown for you his have dance skills, to. bro. That motherfucker can dance, That boy's talking about? He yeah. go yeah. crazy. That he can dance for real. He's, yeah. he's Chris Brown is one of those guys where, you know, I, I you got to give the dude a little bit of credit. Like, even though, you know, he did, I mean, you got to, he definitely hit Rihanna. Definitely we ain't excusing that shit at all. Well, excusing that shit at all, of course not. Yeah. But but let's also say like the challenges of bouncing back from Bruh. just like just the media, bro, that will attack you for bro. because it's Rihanna. It's because it's yes. Rihanna. Like the thing is, if it was just another girl or just like a you know a normal um, person that no one really knew about, like. It may have been swept under the rug. It still would have been that. bad, but it, oh, I was still in front of that TV no, 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 trying to do the dance moves. It's still not excusable. It's still not excusable. Yeah, for but sure. it would have hit bad. different. It, it would have hit, hit different. Yeah. And I think that like the fact that he still has overcome that. Most people, Bruh. dude, your career is over. His, mm-hmm. his, his, like for all intents and purposes, Chris Brown's career should have been over. Yeah, and he's still especially at a stream, especially if it's real. You know what I'm saying? But he's still performing at this very high level. Um, and he's I think Chris Brown. I'm 32. I think he's like 34, 35. I think he's 35. You think it held him back? Yes, I mean obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah but he, it, I don't think I don't back. think it did yeah. musically, like because there's still some songs. Like, I mean, he's still great, but I, I think he could have been. He could have. He sure. could have. He could essentially be closer to what Usher is already, mm-hmm. that, and that's what I mean by held it back. It didn't stop him mm-hmm. at all. He didn't mm-hmm. stop. He never stopped at yeah. all. He had his moments where he had to fight through that depression and all those things that were going on. But like from a from a uh, if we're talking about superstar status, mm-hmm. I, he is absolutely a superstar. But Usher gets the treatment of a superstar. Sometimes Chris Brown doesn't. Gotcha. Because of that thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it held him back in that way. Like, mm-hmm. to me, it didn't hold him back in, in any way outside of he just had to change and figure out creativity, creatively, how he was going to move. But he still produces some of the great. He just released an album called 1111. That album is fucking amazing. I heard a couple songs on yeah. it. That, that goes hard for sure. Really good. Very cohesive album, man. For sure. And one thing that I like is, you know, with female R&B artists, it's like, all about the voice, bro. Obviously, it is yeah. with, with yeah. male artists as well, but it's like, I just love, dude, a good R&B, like, female singer yeah. just goes hard, dude. Alicia dude. Keys. Oh, for bro. sure, bro. I've been, I've been sure. she, she's been coming across my timeline a lot lately. 
Man, I don't think she gets the credit she deserves. I saw a video She's of her amazing. singing on TikTok. I can't remember what song it was, but man, I wish she was singing to me. <laughs> <laughs> she just looks so pretty. <laughs> man, no, she's she really amazing for real. Yeah. Who would you say is your female uh, R&B goat? Like we did, like obviously we got, because so, it's so competitive in my opinion, bro. Like it is. You've got so many big it names is. that, yeah. in a lot of these like artists, they're, you know, they might be just like one hit wonders or something like that, but the song is so good. Oh, it's like, you crazy. can't, yeah. like, you know, you can't. It's timeless. Like, yeah. hundred percent. You can't yeah. deny it. So. Yeah. Um, so again, there are so many uh, women before this woman that helped her get to where she is, but. I have to give it to Beyonce. Like yeah. she, bro, she's transcended. She's Michael Jackson, a hundred percent. She's Michael Jackson in the flesh right now, but as a woman, mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I'm saying in her way. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like I just saw her. Uh, shout out to Amari Marshall. She's from Jacksonville, Florida, Duval native. She's actually Beyonce's cold dance captain. She's born and raised here, danced here, and she brought a uh, love culture to a uh, special private premiere oh, that's of, the, awesome. of the movie. And we got to see it. And she's all throughout the, the film. That's great. Um, you know what I'm saying? But that... That is bro, so cool. That that If y'all get a chance, um, and I think every creative should watch um, Beyonce's documentary because it's it's just not what you think it might be. I just yeah. feel like that. I, I recommend you watch it because you're going to learn so much. If you nothing should. else from a business perspective as a creative, mm-hmm. she's giving it, she's giving it, she's mm-hmm. giving it. And it's shot amazing and she directed wrote everything uh beyonce did she's a superstar like yeah, she's a superstar need, we've never seen before we need to do that that yeah. for sure bro. i we love need to check that out yeah yeah check beyonce, it out I, dude i really i, do, I love you know, beyonce I do. Yeah. She, beyonce goes hard <laughs> no, sure. and it's, the, it's still in theaters right now um actually she did, the deal was with amc that she did as well so yeah it's <sighs> phenomenal so female go beyonce gotta give it to her and i'm not i can't i can't say that i'm not a part of the beehive but i'm not like Beehive, you know what I'm saying? But, but I love Beyonce. I respect. Is that what her I fans are called? The yeah, called the Beehive. That's yeah. funny. That's, so, that's yeah. funny. Do you like Taylor Swift? I do. Really? This is dope. Yeah. Oh wow. I yeah. I can hold you. <laughs> I'm a music head, bro. Like I, I appreciate. Even if I'm not like, I don't go and listen to right. Taylor Swift to be honest with you. But yeah. like, like I have to respect her craft, what she's done, what she's continuing to do, how she's pushing the envelope. Oh, she's on. I mean, but yeah. let's be honest. Like she wouldn't be anywhere like where she's at if she didn't start dating Travis Kelce, right. bro. Like <laughs> I didn't Travis even know Kelce about tra- uh, uh, Taylor Swift until she yeah, started no, dating. For real. I didn't even hear like he put her stuff. in a different line like recently for sure. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, for sure. I mean, shoot, I didn't even know her name until they started dating. So, um, shout out Travis Kelce. Thanks for doing that, Travis Kelce. Kelce. Thank you. <laughs> He's clearly the bigger celeb in that relationship. I don't know why people were acting like it's a competition and shit. But whenever um, he goes to her concerts, I'm like, wow, Travis Kelce's there. <laughs> That's why they sold it out. That's why they sold it out. She's got to bring him to all the concerts. <laughs> no, shout out Taylor Swift, man. That's funny. Um, I want to use that as a transition, though, to get into yeah. love culture, man. Because it. you just mentioned, it. like, obviously. The things that love culture are doing are just kind of next level. And yeah. obviously you being a part of that, you're just kind of like right there to see it all happen, man. Yeah. And, um, how did that connection happen? Like, how did you guys all link up? And then how did you, you know, become a part of the group? And everything? All right. I love telling this story. Okay. So, um, I have a, a good friend, uh, shout out to Zach McNair. Um, we went to high school together. It was I, best friend, bestie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, we, uh, so, you know, as as you get older, sometimes relationships fade, you, you move, shit like that. So when I moved back, we started tapping in more. And uh, he was like, hey, man, I want to introduce you to my boy, Nick. I think you might remember him, da-da-da, spirit. And uh, I, I remember him because I believe we played against each other a couple of times in football mm-hmm. in high school. And uh, so we, we met, linked back up. 
started kind of talking, talking, and we ended up in the studio together. So mind you, a lot of my changes happened in the studio somewhere. <laughs> um, so he invited me to the studio. We were kind of just talking, and he was playing me some stuff. And at this point, people are starting to bring me into spaces because they trust my ear. And they're like, oh, I want you to hear this. You're a DJ, and the shit that you play is amazing. I want you to tell me how this sounds. Would you, would you put this in the mix, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm listening, and Spirit's amazing. You know what I mean? So I'm like, bro, yeah, you need to do that. Da, da, da. I'm just giving him advice. And he's like, hey, man, you want to manage me? And I'm like, manage what? What are you talking about? I don't even know what that means. So he was like, no, I mean, just, you know, just help me. Like, you got connections. You do what you do. Da, 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 da. So my first task for him was to get him, like, in a room that he had never been in. So that ended us up in Atlanta, in in a room that neither of us had ever been in. Um, that in that room, it was a bunch of creatives and artists. But his song was the only song they played. Of all, it was I don't know. It had to be like maybe two hundred people in there, wow. full of artists, et cetera, et cetera. He was the only, and that was the deal that I made. The girl that I was building with at the time, she was like, "You guys can come up. I don't have any money for y'all, but I'll give you exposure." You know what I'm saying? And that yeah. built some relationships, some cool shit. And after that happened, Spirit was like, oh, no, you really my manager now. It's a, it's a flyer out there somewhere that says, uh, book, spirit, management. It was my email. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hilarious. Yeah. Um, so from that, uh, Rob Mari, uh, Rob Mari, and at the time, Wade Sailor did this show called No Fi- Well, sorry, I'll back it up. Right before that, because this is kind of like at the same time this is happening. I had just met Spirit, and I came to a show called No Filter. Mm-hmm. Our first album is titled 1827 North Pearl. Yeah. That show was at 1827 North Pearl. And I think the only people that knew each other were Easy and Spirit. And then, like, I think Rob might have known them of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Flash didn't really know anybody. Like, she was just kind of like, she knew, I think she knew Kyle because of his wife at the time. But it was kind of like these weird connections, but nothing deep. And I'm just there because Zach invited (laughs) me to come for real meet Spirit. You know what I mean? So that show happens. And then me and Spirit starts happening. So as that's happening, Rob hits up everybody from the show. So back it up. Everybody in love culture, with the exception of one extra person, was on the headline for that show that night. And they were the only people. There was no love culture at the time. Wow. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, when they all tell the story from their own angles, it's so cool how it's like, it's the same story, but everyone was in like. It, no, no one had any idea what was. Nobody about to had any idea. And mind you, I'm also in that room. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. No, 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 for sure. Yeah. And, and I think it's crazy how it's like from your perspective. It's like you were kind of at all everyone else's perspective. They kind of knew like a couple people going into it or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know they're performing obviously. So nobody. it's like kind of, dude, you're just going nobody. in there. You just got. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, know, you don't even know spirit. Nope, dude. <laughs> nope. I think it's not of him. I, I think that's so cool, bro. Yeah. And like now looking back on it, it's like imagine if you were just like, nope, rain check. I'm not going. Bro, tonight. I'm not gonna hold you. I was almost not gonna go. Really? Yes. Because it was some other shit going. On. I was tired. I was like, ah. Zach's like, come on, bro, just go. And I'm like, all right. Let me so, what point that's are they I, like? All right, so, you know, love culture gets formed. So, so, kinda- so, me and Spirit start linking. We're doing that, and then Rob is creating this project called Fluidity, and he invites them to come over to Kyle's house or Wade Sailor, and to just lay verses. So, Spirit, at the time we're doing this, he's laying verses, and he's like, hey, bro. Like, you kind of my management now. Like, you want to come meet the gang? And I'm like, who's the gang? He's like, well, just come over. <laughs> so I go, and uh, Love Culture is sitting in the room. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember all y'all. Y'all was at the show. Like, you was raw. I told you that night. Like, talking to Rob, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, yeah, T, you was hard. She did She did a, um, oh, my God. She did it one time recently, too. She did this uh, cover of LSD by ASAP Rocky. 
where she sings and then goes into this crazy ass flow at the end. And I have it on my, it's actually, it's on my R&B Mostly page because I started highlighting local music at the time. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. And did um, you know about, did you know about her at that time when you no, post her on the, no, oh my God. I just crazy. met her. That I met her insane. and the girl who was playing guitar with her uh, yeah. named Lance at the time. And I tagged them. I was like, oh my God, he's an amazing artist. Duval, Duval's music scene was weird at the time. So for me to hear, mind you, I heard every single Love Culture artist that night individually, yeah. not as Love Culture. And I'm like, where the fuck have y'all been? Like, yeah. this is cr- this is here? Like, y'all from Jacksonville. Yeah. All of y'all. This is crazy. Um, so, yeah. So, I, we went to the house, and fluidity started happening, and then Love Culture formed. That's it's beautiful. Yeah, it yeah. is. And the, the crazy thing about that, and I've said this to each Love Culture member, is Love Culture is a group of a bunch of individual artists that could all be big as fuck on their own. Yes. And you, like, if anything ever happened and the group broke up, I do not have any, like, doubt in my mind that, yeah. The group would be perfectly okay. Like they're everyone's Every so talented, bro. Yeah. And it's like when you get a group of that many talented people like together, I mean the the chances there's always I mean, we all see it, bro. Like even with the big groups that come out, there's always that one like oddball, like, you know, that's kinda yeah. you're like, All right, we could have maybe we could the, the, you know, everyone's like ten out of ten, you got this one that's kinda just like a six out of ten. He's like not not really the full little brother that you have to bring along. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> in in with love culture, man, it's not like Doesn't that, exist. bro. It's no. like everyone is just you guys are all on the same wavelength and just like a really dope group, bro. Yeah. Like I got and I'm I mean, I'm honored to have all you guys on the pod, honestly. Nah, thank you for having us. It's like real. finally we got the full puzzle, man. <laughs> it's like I love it. And just talking love culture, it's like you guys are um the story of how you guys linked up and just the fact that it's like right not even right place right time just like god bro like it's the god, fact that bro. you guys all like we're put in the same Absolutely. room and then it just happened to like wait if if i mean love culture wouldn't be love culture if it was like one person out if you know what no. i mean like it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't hit the same, the same. no it would like, not hit the none same. of the songs would be the same nope. because it's like you can tell each person kind of has their own little piece in it and then yeah. There's certain parts of love culture that's like you can't really ha- do without, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, dude, shout out to all you guys and everything. Uh, they, well, at what point were they like, okay, let's make this official? Like you're our DJ. Um, so to to what some people don't know, especially because of lately, I've mostly just been the DJ. I actually started as management DJ. Word management okay. first, right? So, um, I started building my management chops and my. So it all starts as. Here's a goal. Here's a task. If you can do it, this is what we want, right? Mm-hmm. So spirit was get me in a room. Got him in a room. Boom. You're my manager. I don't know what that means, but okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Love culture. We're doing fluidity. We're sitting. We're talking. And I start asking more questions about the marketing because marketing's my thing, right? Yeah. And I'm at the time I'm building my marketing mind, and I'm like, if y'all gonna do this, people need to hear. It. How are people gonna hear? It? Now we're gonna put it out. I'm like, what does that mean? You know what yeah. I'm saying? So there was a. Uh, Art Walk was coming up at the time. This was 20, 2017, 2018, 2017. It was one of those. I can't remember exactly the timeline. A little hazy. Yeah. Um, but our Art Walk was coming up, and I was like, we should press up flyers, go out and hand them out. But we're not just going to hand them out. We're love culture. So we're going to talk to people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think Art Walk was on a Wednesday. Our show was on Friday. And at the time, it was on Bay Street at a place called Hourglass Pub. So I, I went in, brokered the deal with, with Hourglass Pub, and was like, look, this is what we're going to do. What do you need? So we broke the deal, and it was like, all right, this is what we're gonna, gonna print, print the flyer, etc. But I couldn't, I actually couldn't make the show because I had to go to my cousin's wedding, and uh, I think it was in Orlando at the time. Um, <laughs> so help them push that forward, and then I left. <laughs> the show did like 150 people. Wow, bro. right? 
But it was because I was like, we're not going to do anything crazy. We're just going to tap into what y'all already know, already do. Yeah. Y'all know people. Talk to them. Tell them yeah. this is what we're doing. We're not just going to do the, we make the art and then we put it out. No. Tell the people. We want people to come and hear this. Mm-hmm. So uh, shout out Fourth Quarter Quan. He stood in for me as the DJ that night. And I'm getting text messages. Oh my God, this shit is crazy. It's a line outside. What the fuck? Like, you're our manager. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> I still don't know what that means, but okay. You know what I mean? Um, and then, yeah, we kind of moved from there. Love it, bro. Yeah. And it's always cool. Like, uh, I think a lot of people don't take this to heart, but it's people want to support someone when they feel like they know them or like yes. they feel like there's a connection. Like, if you go out and speak with somebody and then introduce yourself and let them know, like, hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm, we know we got a show coming up. We'd love for you to be there. And like, express like gratitude towards them and like kind of make that person feel good it's like they're gonna they're gonna like actually want to come and support you it's yeah. like whether you got great music or not i mean they're gonna show up to the show and realize how good love culture is and then be a fan for life but yeah uh, you know it's just it's cool how you you just got to think from like the consumer's perspective absolutely a little bit, always you know? always and that's the thing um i'm gonna give some love culture some flowers Everybody in love culture is cool as fuck and they oh, look yeah. cool as fuck oh for sure so if somebody from love culture walks up to you and be like Hey, how you doing? My name is Easy. And it's like, hey, Easy, how you doing? Like, yeah. you look cool. And it's like, I wonder if I just do a show I got going to like, what? What is this? What is love culture? Well, let yeah. me explain this. It's like, okay, now I got to come. Like, you're dope as fuck. You look cool as fuck. I don't know who you are, but let me t- let me tap in and see what this is. And it worked. You know what I mean? No, yeah. 100%, bro. And, and I think the, the sky is the, really the limit Man. for y'all with love culture, bro. Yeah. It's like just the things that they can do. And with, you know, congratulations to all you guys with, you know, this co- the collaborations with Sprite. Thank you. Um, Thank just you. like all the cool stuff that you guys are able to like manage and make happen. It's like definitely you got my support all the way. <laughs> I mean, you guys, I love watching y'all grow and I just love watching yeah. all the, you know, barriers you guys continue to break down. It's so dope. Yeah. Um, I had one more question I want to ask you kind of yeah. before we like get out of here was, um, was there ever any like mental health struggles or anything that you kind of go through as being a DJ? Cause I know that like we've had multiple DJs on the show and it's mm-hmm. a lot of late nights yeah. Um, it's a lot of times, I mean, if you're not DJ and you're not making money, it's like, strenuous, you know, it's Absolutely. strenuous, yeah. man. It's yeah. long hours. It's, yeah. um, very repetitive in a lot of senses. Like if you're not, like you mentioned, you're doing a lot of events. I'm sure a lot of those events are R and B or they're, you know, a yeah. similar style. Nice kind of shit, yeah. And, um, so, you know, yeah, just speak on that a little bit, man. Did you, is there, is there any kind of, um, challenges that just come with like that DJ life? <laughs> yes, there are hella challenges that come with being a DJ. Um, let's start relationally, <laughs> right? Relationships are difficult because I, I first of all, I'm already a late night. I'm a night out, night hour. That's when I get most of my work done because the world's quiet. Mm-hmm. Nobody's bothering me. My phone's not. My phone has been going off by the way since we've been here, yes. and I'm not looking at it because I'm here. You know what I mean? But Thank sure, you for, yeah. that. for sure. And I'm and I'm already yeah. like already. I've always been like people reach out and etc. When you become a DJ, it gets deeper, especially as you start to grow as a public figure mm-hmm. because people all the things right. But relationships get difficult because. I'm, I ain't get home till four in the morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it is. You got to get okay with that. Which right? means you're sleeping till noon for at least. And that's if I don't have to work yeah. any other job the next day. You for know what sure, I'm saying? For sure. Um, so, yeah, but mental health, I mean, what a lot of DJ, a lot of DJs end up smoking and drinking a lot because number one, that's the culture you're around it a lot. Um, but it, it just can be very mentally taxing. And, and to explain myself as a DJ, I am not a typical DJ, right? So you can't. I'm, you can ask me, but you can't ask me like, hey, where are you DJ at consistently? Yeah. I don't. Because most of the times I'm creating the event or I'm partnering with. I do, especially in Jacksonville, because my goal is to create other experiences. 
I don't want even if I'm in a club, you're not gonna hear the same shit. Mm-hmm. And most clubs don't like that. So they're like, yeah. we're just gonna give you a night. Like here, here's a night once a month and do your thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me it gets even deeper because I'm not just coming I'm not just sitting at home creating my my crates and my sets and then going to DJ. I'm creating the sets and then I'm doing the marketing and then I'm posting the flyer and then I'm responding back to people in the DMs about VIP and about this and about that. You see what I'm saying? So it yeah. gets even deeper for me because I'm running the business and then I go to the event and I DJ as well, which is why I'm so grateful for Al P, D, uh, DJ B-Tune, a couple of my other guys, because they help hold it down. If you come to RB Mostly, you'll probably see me DJ at the beginning for like 30 minutes and then in the middle for like 30 minutes because I'm running a business. And yeah. RB Mostly is not about me. It's about the music. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to play everything. You know what I mean? But that's mine's a little deeper because I, I run into boss mode as well. So I got to flip that switch of making sure the door is straight and making sure the people are straight. And then I'm playing the music. Yeah, and do you feel like, you know, in my own opinion, I feel like the success is so much greater, too, when you've kind of, like, you're, like, the one kind of curating all the yeah, things absolutely. and making all the pieces kind of fall into place yeah. and making everything happen. Like, for me, I think that's why I kind of fall in love with, like, the, the podcast and a lot of things yeah. like that is because it's, like, it's me and Joey, you know what I mean? It's, like, sure. us getting together and, like, really creating something from scratch, from nothing, and I think DJing is very similar, bro, especially with these <laughs> events. It's, like, dude, you, it's, I mean, it's enough of a struggle to find a venue, you know yeah, what I mean? From yeah. for these events. It's like one that just fits your taste and like the type of people you want to have coming through. But also, um, just like I mean, dude, sometimes it's like how do you make a profit off of some of these events? You know what I mean? When they're like a a venue will be charging so much for Man. you to go and like rent it out or do whatever <laughs> it is or whatever. And um I think a lot of DJs too, like you get to a point where now the venues paying you to do stuff but yeah. you would could never gotten to that point if you didn't put it that groundwork beforehand <sighs> time being a dj energy. is an investment bro it absolutely is an investment. and i've never dj a day in my life i barely even get the aux cord when we're in the car bro <laughs> but i will say like from ha- all the djs we've had on the show like yeah. at least four or five different djs all of them say the same thing it's just like the struggles of like that nightlife bro and just yeah. like you're always tough. being an entertainer you're yeah. always like the spotlight you're you know, if you're having a bad day and, you know, something, you know, terrible happens to you throughout the day and it's just kind of like ruined your day, yeah. you still got to go and DJ and be hype as fuck for a crowd. And, bro, so to speak to that, because you, you said something earlier, Joey, that like sparked my mind. So I remember um, one of the, so the first installment of Army mostly, we were at Justice Pub. Shout out to Justice Pub. I, I love Ian. Um, I remember DJing and as a DJ, sometimes you don't always know what song you're playing next, let alone the fifth song from now. You're playing a song, the crowd's going crazy, and you're like, I have no fucking clue what I'm playing next. <laughs> and people don't know that. They think, oh, you just got, no, bro, I don't know what the fuck I'm playing next. Like, I'm figuring it out as I'm moving. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm um, going through the crates, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm listening to the sounds, I'm like, oh, this will go well. You know what I'm saying? So, I remember one time I played a song, half of the room was going crazy. The other half, this girl's just like standing at me like, <laughs> that ain't it. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, what was the song? Like, do you remember? I have no idea. I can't remember. Damn. I had to block it out because I'm like, <laughs> I got to find this next song. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's a lot of pressure as well on top of all the other shit. You might have yeah. had a shitty day and it's like, I got to get up here and entertain these people. And they don't care about that. Like, They've had shitty days. Yeah, That's exactly. why they're here. Yeah, you know what exactly. I'm saying? To get a drink and to yeah. shake that shit off. Yeah. So for me, what, I, what I've had to allow DJ to be, and it's not always this. Sometimes it just is what it is. You got to push through. But it's my safe space. It's my space to get my shit off. I've had times, especially recently, where like I'm stressed and I get to wind down Wednesday. This has happened a lot this year at wind down Wednesday where 
I'm getting my shit off. This is where yeah. niggas, oh, you go, you going crazy, and it's like, yeah, I don't understand what I went through today. You I don't know where to this get is this coming out. from. I Yo, gotta get this out. What real. is wine down Wednesday? Is that like a? Is it like a wine night kind of like form <laughs> of like R&B DJing? So, so shout out to um, OG Robbie. Shout out to T the Goddess. Shout out to uh, Dom. Uh, shout out to Will at Vagabond Coffee. Um, shout out to Kalia as well. Um, so, I've been trying to create. Uh, so I love the idea of Wine Down Wednesday. It's a midweek, not necessarily a turn up, yeah. maybe a little turn up, but it's like whatever we're doing, know that we're drinking wine, right? So wine gives the aesthetic of, okay, we chilling. Yeah. It might be a good energy, good height, but it's like we chilling, we cooling. Yeah. We ain't drinking vodka tonight, we drinking wine, right? Yeah. So I've always been like enamored by the idea of a Wine Down Wednesday. It's a midweek event, right? Um, so I've done a couple of them. And they never panned out the way I wanted them to. It's a part of the game. You yeah. do things, you throw stuff at the wall, and don't learn. stick. You move something, move on. So uh, Robbie was a part of a group called Cap Six back in the day. Actually, helped love culture. They they were like it kind of ushered us in and gave us some spaces to perform when we first started. And uh, I saw him doing this event. Why not Wednesday? I'm like, bro, I need in. What are we doing? He's like, oh, we just did our second one. And I'm like, I definitely did it. Y'all just started. <laughs> yeah. So we talked, and I told him just about my woes with Wind Down. And he was like, yeah, we, we got the system. So Wind Down Wednesday, is, it's, a multiple, it's multifaceted. So I'm DJing, and then there are performances. Right? The performances, we usually have three artists, but they're curated performances. It's not just like, open mic, get up here, because you might hear some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is not that. You're going to come. You're going to hear Immaculate Vibes by DJ Larry Love. And then the performers <laughs> that get up there are going to be amazing. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to get a real, you're going to get to the last wind down. How I felt when I saw this guy named, uh, oh my God, I can't think of his name. What the fuck is his name? Up? I think he goes by like Moon Man or something like that. Anyways, I felt like I saw Kid Cudi. Really? I felt like like the feeling that some people probably had to have when Kid Cudi first came out, but he was still like, not local, but still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but he's amazing. Like when you come to wind down, you're gonna experience that from with the artists that we, we I pick. love that, bro. You know what I'm saying, and we we take submissions for the most part, but a lot of times we're curating. We're thinking about artists that we've either created with as a DJ. Um, I'm not just a DJ who DJs me. I I am heavily into the creative uh, community into the scene, so I'm tapped in with artists all the time. I'm listening to music. That's how I got with Love Culture. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Do you I'm, work with? Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you but, go ahead. Um, I I just I keep thinking about this in my head. Do you ever work with uh, Ebonique? Because we had her on the pod. Love, well. I love, I love Dude, she's love like, Ebony. she's honestly, yes. she's probably one of my favorite R and B like artists she's amazing. in the city, bro. She's like, no, seriously, she's, she's amazing. She's the future. She's the future voice. for sure. And when you hear her talk, like you wouldn't think that she'd have that great of a vo- like not not that great of a voice, but like I remember meeting her, and you don't expect her to sound the way she does. Yeah, it. she's incredible. like incredible. Like, oh, I know, yeah, mm-hmm. very How like you doing? yes, nice to meet you. yes. And she's singing. She get in there. She get in that bag. She go heavy. Yeah, yes. Shout out to her. We work. We work. We do work. And we actually got some more work. Um, on some music shit. Cool. Coming. I was so, about to bridge yeah. that gap if it wasn't there because I was like, I, we've had her on the pod before, and I was just thinking, like, as you were mentioning a couple of things, I'm like, I think she knows love culture too. I was yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. That's 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 family for cool. sure. She's yeah. family. She's love cool culture. as yeah. fuck, bro. Her and Spirit. Um, he actually just engineered. If people don't know, Spirit is an engineer as well, an mm-hmm. amazing engineer. Hit him up. Uh, so, yeah, Spirit on the boards. He does a lot of people's projects here in the city. Um, they they work a lot. He just engineered her last project. Cool. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Bro. Um, but but we'll wind down. It's me DJing. It's live music. We have vendors. We have uh, Chef Naps whipping on the food, going crazy. Mo- he, he does most of the wind downs that he can. And then we also have art installations, so visual artists. So usually when you walk into the space, there'll be a couple pieces of art, and then you walk down a hall, and it's like flooded with artists that we've picked. 
and we put their art up and yeah, so it's a full immersive experience, man. That's dope, sure, bro. Yeah. Man, shout out to you happy for even be. throwing that shit. Man, bro. look, happy to be a cool. part of it, man, for real. Um, sure. So where can let's let's go ahead and plug these people in, man. Yeah. Where can they find DJ Larry Love, man, and reach yeah. out to you and uh, give, drop the social platforms, drop where they can listen to music, everything. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me. Um, so Instagram, Facebook. I'm not on TikTok like I should with like Joey is, but I'm on TikTok. Um, YouTube, I'm on most all Twitter, I'm on most of all platforms at I A M DJ Larry Love. I am DJ Larry Love. Perfect. You type that in, even in Google, I'll, all of my shit will pop up. You know what I'm Perfect, saying? Perfect, bro. Um, and then I want to shout out. Is that so, your real name? No, my name is Larry Wakefield. That's okay. my actual name. <laughs> DJ Larry, Larry Love, and I, I'll explain that real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I had to create a DJ name, right? So it's yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know what it is, I don't know. And I thought about like, so what most people who know me personally know me for is to be a loving person, mm-hmm. like, and that, I feel like that's one of my my uh, goals in this life. Like, when I take my last breath, the legacy I want to leave is love. Mm-hmm. Like, I want people to know, I want people to have felt love from me, but I want them to know, like, in theory, I talk to people about what it means to love yourself, what it means to love. Your neighbor, what it means to love your partner, what it means to love your dog. Seriously, like yeah, what it yeah. means to love life and people and what like what um what emits from you from that. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, I mean it gotta be Larry Love. It makes and sense. And you got Larry Love playing R and B. Oh man, God, dude, it on. makes sense, yeah. right? Perfect, it it, it makes it's sense. Perfect, I, you know bro. what I'm saying? So um yeah, I, I chose chose it and it stuck. It stuck hard. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I know. Like, it's, it's fire, bro. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I like DJ Larry Love. That shit goes hard, yeah. bro. Um, so all all listening platforms, like if if anyone needs to listen, because you were saying you're making some little music too on the side. I don't know. Like, so I'll say just go to my um Instagram and then go to my link in bio. And I have all of my shit in there. And like, the, that's all the R and B mostly stuff too. Yeah. Right? So, so can, yeah, my Lincoln bio is so my Lincoln bio has usually like whatever the upcoming events are, okay. and then I have a tap a tap in bio. When you click that, you can scroll, and it has I do a lot of shit. So you'll yeah. be able to see my R and B mostly stuff. I have a love culture page. I have a creative Larry Love creates page, and there's an R and B mostly page. Instagram as well. So yes. all that. So um, yeah, R and B mostly Instagram is R. The letter N, the letter B, and mostly M O S T L Y. R&B mostly on all platforms as well. Um, yeah, and I want to shout out some events because I have a plenty, plenty of events coming up. Yeah, bro, up and through the new year. Um, December twenty third at Atlantis is uh, here in Jacksonville is R&B mostly's five year anniversary. Extremely happy to be here five years later. Shit is crazy. Um, December twenty seventh at uh, B and Sun Art Gallery. That is the next and final wind down Wednesday for the year. Um, definitely make it because we may take a small hiatus just to let Ooh. y'all know so bring your ass out <laughs> and then um, the newest event that I've cu- curated with uh, Queen Elm shout out to Queen Elm she's a visual artist um, great friend of mine went to high school together um, it's called Auntie's House so it is imagine going to your auntie's house right seeing your vinyls and music and the type of oh, yeah. drinks and things that she likes right but Literally, you're walking to Auntie's house, but it's a vibe, and I'm curating the vibe. I love so it's, it. it's essentially it's like it's it's partner with R and B mostly. So it's like it's like R and B mostly, but more chill. Mm-hmm. It's only about eighty people max. Like we sell out the tickets, and that's a cap. You can't come in. It, it's you get the ticket or you ain't coming. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not yeah. R&B mostly is a lot more open. You can come. We can fit three, four hundred, five hundred people in there. You know what I'm saying? I got gotcha. you. It's a more of an intimate vibe, um, and that's December 29th. Um, that's our second installment. Um, yeah, Auntie's house. Yeah, yeah. 
Love it, bro. Awesome. And uh, all my OGs know, man, if you guys are looking to tap in more at the pod, um, you know, anything like that, OG Sessions pod on all platforms except for uh, TikTok. That's going to be just OG Sessions. Um, shout out to all our Patreon members, man. You know, we talked a little bit about that in the intro, but um, Patreon is popping. That's the vibes. If you guys are looking for any extra bonus content, um, any behind-the-scenes content, anything like that, Patreon's your place to go. Yes, sir. Um, man, shout out to the boy Joey for tapping in. Another Thank great you. episode. Had some great, great questions in there, brother. And shout out to the man himself, DJ Larry Love, bro. Dude, so, it, so. it was an honor having you come through, man. And this yeah. was really like the final puzzle piece for the love culture. Yeah. Like, you know, not a trifecta because it's like six of y'all, but dude, yeah. it's... Um, I'm glad I finally was able to, it was all able to come full circle and make this happen, bro. Yeah, like man. such a great conversation. You're such a like knowledgeable dude. And I think Thank that you. you don't really know somebody until you sit down and have a Absolutely. true hour yeah. and like heart to heart conversation with them, bro. And Absolutely. it's so cool. I love just how all of you guys from love culture are just like such great people, like inside and out, bro. Thank and, you. um, you know, just hope to work with you guys more in the future and just, you know, continuous relationship, bro. Because, um, you know, you're an incredible dude for sure. Uh, I appreciate it. And if y'all don't know what love culture stands for, it's league of vibrant energies we really about that life we really emit that energy for real that's why we work the way we work we are a collective we are a group but we're a collective which is why it's it's very important to to your point about how everybody can operate individually you do it very well brother for sure um so yeah all my ogs we'll see y'all next week this is the og sessions podcast we are out peace peace